Welcome to tonight's episode of Myths and Stories. Uh, tonight we are continuing our uh, journey through the history of the Cabal, uh, and we are specifically focusing on the story of the Glycon, which was a ghost ship that we got to explore um, starting with uh, Season of the Chosen, which has a lot to do with the Cabal and Callus and so on. So we're going to be going through that tonight, as well as uh, the Vox Obscura mission, which is available in the game right now, uh, that is a little bit of a follow-up to some of the other things we've, we've already talked about with the Cabal. Lots, lots of things in Vox that uh, it, it's 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 leading it's leading Myth and I to some theories uh, for future seasons. Mm-hmm. At least, Absolutely. at least seasons for for the Witch Queen year, the year of the Witch Queen. So, yep, a lot of fun theorizing to be had with Vox Obscura. So with with uh, Glycon, I kind of wanted to do it kind of like this two part thing here. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one, I, the first part I wanted to do was just kind of a breakdown of like the mission, real quick. Not not a not a full like shot for shot rundown of the thing, but kind of like why we're there, what what we're doing, and then uh, I'll let you take the the reins from there okay. and uh, yeah, give us give us all the craziness that's going on in here. <laughs> so from a gameplay standpoint, um, you you're you're you receive a distress signal, you show up to this ship. It's it's a fantastic uh, jumping puzzle ship. I very very well done. Um, similar to the the again, I depending on when you played Destiny two, when you started playing Destiny two, you might remember some of these. Uh, the old uh, Whisper of the Worm mission, uh, or the uh, Zero Hour mission for uh, 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 Outbreak uh, Prime. Prime is it or Perfected? Outbreak Prime was D1. Yeah, Outbreak, Outbreak Perfected, Perfected is, is D2. Yep. So, uh, so yeah. So these these missions are or Hawkmoon. Uh, Hawkmoon was another similar mission too. So, um, and then of course Vox Obscura this season. Um, so these these missions are are they're they're specifically in the game to go get a legendary or not legendary uh, uh, an exotic uh, weapon. Uh, or 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 are they all weapons? Yeah, they're all weapons. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one, you receive the signal, you go through this cool jumping puzzle, and the whole time, Callus is, or not Callus, uh, Keitel is talking to you, um, Osusris, because I believe this was when Osiris was possessed, because this was after... This was, yeah, this uh, was after uh, Savathun had taken on the uh, the appearance or the body of Osiris. Yep. So, uh, the, so the two of them are talking to you this whole time, they're giving you some dialogue, uh, which of course we'll cover all that tonight. Um, and then you get to the end, really fun boss battle at the end. Uh, that's kind of like the arena's like split in half and upper half and lower half. So you go in the upper half, set off some cooling or turn off some cooling ducts or turn on some cooling ducts, I guess, uh, to cool the lower half. Then you jump down the lower half and fight this really cool, uh, um, scorned boss. Uh, then you get to the end and there's this thing at the end and you collect your, your, gun this one uh, is specifically the cowboy gun um dead man's tail uh which for everyone on pc obviously this thing is a freaking staple in pvp it's a fantastic uh little cowboy gun um and i i i like all the everything about the gun itself i like the look of it it's very very cool looking um but yeah so uh that's that's basically the mission right like it's 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 just 
mm-hmm. as far as gameplay. It's just another another mission to get a gun. But this thing is so heavy in lore because each week that it each week that you went through, you would get handed you you'd get another piece of lore entry, which would then lead you to hidden cargo spaces throughout the thing, which would then kind of give you another little lore entry, like a little mini lore entry every time you got to those. So it was, it was it's this really, really in-depth thing that was like you went through, you'd play through it two or three times a week. Um, it, it had a lot of replayability to it, and it was it was just genuinely fun. Uh, then, of course, there was a master version of it. There's there's always the master version to get the, you know, the catalyst for all these exotic, for, for the exotic that you got in there. Um, and then to kind of challenge yourself, right? Like it's it's timed, it's enemies hit harder, all that stuff. So yeah, um, as far as gameplay, that's why we're that's why we're there. Um, so myth, as far as lore wise, where do we start here? So I think the best place to start lore wise with this is uh, reading the uh, lore book that you collect as you go through this mission week after week. Um, that lore book is called the Captain's Log. And it shows, uh, so when, when, we, when you go um, and do this mission at the time, our guardians arrive there. Uh, this is a ghost ship. Like the, the crew are either gone or dead, and you're finding their bodies strung up everywhere. Um, you know, it, it's Borderline like horror, horror, very video horror game vibe, style. Yeah. It's super good, super cool vibes throughout the whole thing. Yeah, really, honestly, in my opinion, one of one of the best spaces they have made in quite some time, and and arguably since, uh, as far as a its own little package. But um, but it, yeah, we're it's infested with scorn. Um, the the cabal crew are nowhere to be seen, and you're you're very much trying to figure out like you're coming upon the aftermath of something has happened here. And this captain's log uh, is showing you um, where the glycon came from, what it's what was was being done aboard the ship, and how it ended up in the state it did, as well as where that distress signal came from. Uh, and so I think that's a good place to start. Is what what happened on this ship, and we can kind of go from there. Yeah. So the I'm not gonna read. All of the pages of Captain's Log, I'm going to read a large majority of them. Uh, and some of them are a little truncated just to cut out some, uh, you know, some superfluous descriptions and whatnot that aren't necessarily important to advancing the story of what happened there. So this may be a tad abridged, but it's more or less the info you, you probably want to know. So we're going to start with the first chapter. Which is called Chiron's or Chiron or Chiron, uh, Chiron's silhouette. Um, for those that are not familiar with their Greek mythology, um, Chiron is the uh, ferryman of the dead. He is the one that ferries souls across the river uh, Acheron Sticks. or Styx. Um, I'm gonna go with Styx because that's. That's a cool band. <laughs> uh, that divides the world of the living from the world of the dead. Uh, and so Ac- or, uh, Chiron's Silhouette is the title of this chapter, and I think you'll know why by the time we're done reading it. So it goes like this. Told through the eyes of Katabases, 
A royal invitation got me as far as the inner reliquary. I enter the belly of the Leviathan, unattended. My eyes catch on the runs in Callus's crestfallen banners. His inner halls don't gleam. Reminds me of stories from the Golden Age. Polish and veneer present the, and present them on a platter, but when you peel back the layers, it's just old, past, with prime far behind. A clutch of counselors watches me as they take mechanical plates from three other identical statues of Callus surrounding them. They huddle about a towering cage of filigreed alloys and woven circuitry, fitting the plates to it with sacramental focus, until the cage becomes a tomb around a pearlescent seat supporting a lonesome figure within. What an auspicious early arrival. Come. Witness my containment. Few have seen this. Callus wheezes from inside the cage, his voice like taut suffocation. Callus's withering form swells and jostles. My thoughts stink of disgust, and he can smell it. I am no more trapped here than you are by your light. You assume this flesh satisfies me? How small. My automatons stand as monuments of my image, reflections of my breath. They are, as I am, one collective self, as nothing is. I grit my teeth and look on, stepping sideways to see him from a different angle. His skin is mottled with sickly translucence that grips my stomach. Your thoughts are as open as your fears, Katabases. Come, come, look upon me, and let my counselors assuage you. Counselors lay more thick plates over Callus's living misery, brushing past me as they finish and exiting the room with my inhibitions. Mechanisms within the plates engage as as plum light emits from the slits between them. Knacker runs smooth around the frame and into a throne-like cup of sullied nobility. Beneath the throne, hoses bubble vicious royal wine into the sealed frame. Callus looks through me, eyes like clamped chalk, as the last counselor fastens a faceplate into position. Deep orbs illuminate in the faceplate, like wild eyes in the open pitch of night. We are alone. What do you know of lies, Kutabases? I pick between the words. There are a lot of different kinds. All of them are weakness. Callus's voice spills from the containment vessel and floods the room. Gods do not lie. Like me, they have neither the capacity nor the reason. True power cannot be threatened. It does not compel deception. And yet, I have been betrayed by one I thought to be the final divinity. Sounds like you got swindled? I quickly blunt the question with respect. Emperor? When the darkness found me adrift in the cosmos, rejected by a people I had made, I thought to have found a confidant. 
No, an idol. They promised to return to me, to uplift me, that we may dance together among the stars and drink of their dying ecstasy till the end as one. But their chilling little fleet came and went. It was luscious, and so and so many tasted so much. Yet I am empty, nothing, trapped in this limbo of their lie. And gods don't lie, I proffer. Precisely. Callus pauses. Come, cast a shadow in my halls and drink. Soon we will speak to the liar and separate from it the truth. And that's where that lore card ends. Dude, this is... This is... There's, there's a lot to unpack with this. Okay, so... Yeah. This is all being this is all being uh, uh, told uh, from the from the point of view of Katabases, right? Yep, this is being told from the point of view of Katabases. Um, Katabases. So let's, let's start there then. Yep. Yeah. Who is Katabases? Katabases is a guardian. Uh, I don't. They don't explicitly say that in this entry, but we do learn it later on. Uh, he is a guardian. Um, he is very disillusioned with the vanguard and uh isn't supporting callus out of loyalty but is just trying to pick whichever side he thinks is going to benefit him the most essentially almost um, like the drifter kind of like the drifter yeah but the drifter is except, more except the drifter's in it for himself rather than trying to pick a side right the the drifter doesn't necessarily care uh he, the drifter wants to survive you know he he right. has a backup plan, and it's essentially to get the hell out. Katabasis, uh, yeah. he wants to be on the winning side, where the drifter is more, I want to be on the outside, and then I'm going to reap the spoils when everything's done. Gotcha. Okay, so that's that's Katabasis. Uh He's talking to Callus, obviously. like yep. Aboard the Leviathan at this point. And, and everything about this version of Callus uh, seems like he is just a. It, it, it screams Darth Vader to me. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. I think that's what they're going it for. It screams Darth Vader. It's it's he's this frail, weak thing with translucent skin. Like it, like when you were describing it to me, I was like, "Bull." Yeah. He's... <laughs> they're they're fastening these plates to him. Mm-hmm. He talks about his automata. You know the 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 bosses that we fought uh, in Leviathan. Um, and he—they're literally like filling this thing with some gel, or or, or it's the it's the nectar. It's yep, the, the royal wine. Yep. Yep. That they grind yep. up the planets to make in the Leviathan. Yep. Yep. Uh, so he, they're filling the suit with this, and then of course they they finish putting all the suit on, and he's talking to him the whole time, like, and he's like, "Come look at me," like, "No, no, thank you." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, and and so Cal. I like how he started the the kind of the conversation, right? Like, what do you know about lies? Like, he, it's 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 interesting that Callus he doesn't just like come right out and say something, right? He's 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 very nuanced. Well, he's it's, very leading on. It's got to all be pomp and circumstance with Callus. Like, yeah, he can't be blunt because that's not the way a you know yeah. ever opulent leader 
you know, portrays themselves. Yeah. Yeah. He always has to know more than he's letting on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, he talks. So he talks about you know, and and we covered this too, where he went. He made it to the edge of the universe. Um, the darkness was there. He had a conversation with the darkness, which we are we are attributing that as he talked to the witness. Uh, yeah. And and so now, um, and and at that point in time, the witness basically promised them a, a seat at the end of the universe, like. You know, we and and he says as much in in his entry here to Katabasis, and then and then it comes around. He talks about the fleet coming through the soul system, and the witness just kind of didn't care to talk to him anymore. Mm-hmm. It seems. Yeah, uh, he says that uh, they promised to return to me to uplift me. That we may dance together among the stars uh, till the end is one, but their chilling fl- yep. little fleet came and went. So basically, he's out and out calling the darkness a liar. Yeah, he he expected the black fleet to roll in and end the universe, or at least end this solar system on its way to ending the universe as a whole, and that Callus was going to be part of that. And none yep. of that has happened. So now he's he's kind of like, what the hell, witness? <laughs> You know, where's where's my ticket aboard this train? And and there was there was something else in there that uh, um he he's he's basically like saying he's when he talks about the gods and and lying and he's like you know a god has no reason to lie and so I mm-hmm. I guess in his mind he he doesn't necessarily see it as the witness lied to him and it's more of a well if the if a god can't lie then where you know this is clearly not the end of the universe so maybe i need to talk to him and figure out what the hell's going on i don't know if if that was the implication it could be read that way um the other way that that i personally read it is you know he's upset with the witness and is saying gods can't lie because i'm a god and i don't lie and I feel like Ooh. the witness has lied to me, therefore it is not a god. Um, so I'm yeah, going to, take. I'm going to, you know, he says soon we will speak to the liar and separate from it the truth. The so truth. he's yeah. going to, he, he seems to intend to forcefully like wring the truth out of the witness or or whoever it was that that he spoke with. I like I like that take on it better than mine, as always. Uh, so yeah, I, okay. Now, now, um, he mentioned something about, uh, uh, of, you know, come cast a shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, is that directly calling Katabasis a shadow? It's definitely implying, and I want to say Katabasis is directly called a shadow, uh, later on. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent certain. Uh, just because I wrote these notes a number of days ago at this point. <laughs> well, and, and the whole thing with the shadow is that's that's Callus. Like, since Callus has met the witness and the witness has disciples, Callus kind of does the same thing. Yeah. And he calls them shadows. Yeah. And so this 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 particular garden gu- garden guardian is the canonical shadow of the Destiny universe. Yeah, uh, and we've seen some of those shadows before in previous episodes of the Cabal history, talking about um, he had his shadows taking out the co-conspirators for the coup. 
uh, until yep. they met their their demise trying to kill Dominus Gaul. Um, yep. And so he's still doing that. He's still assigning shadows uh, where he sees fit to be kind of his his second in commands, his uh, elite squad, let's say. Um, yeah. And he's done that or, or is seeming to do that with Katabases. Uh, Katabases, the, his name, I think, is something worth mentioning as well. Um, so his name, it comes from ancient Greek, uh, and its literal translation is a descent, um, and is often referred to as a taking a trip to, uh, the underworld or, or to, you know, Hades. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be very, an important little detail. So remember that as we read through some of these other chapters. Um, this whole book has very, very strong Greek mythology uh, references. So, you know, if if you happen to be uh, interested in that, you you may hear some some uh, names and things that make you go, "Oh, wait a minute." Uh, so that's that's one to keep an eye on. Yeah. So, uh, what Callus essentially tells um, or plans for Katabases is that he is going to pair up with a uh, a fire team, essentially, a, a, a team of three, um, one of them being a scion named Quinzig, uh, the other being a cabal, uh, and then himself, and they're going to invade a, um, a, a bunker of sorts, a, a, a shipyard uh, of the the uh, non-loyalist cabal. I believe it's Red Legion specifically that they're uh, that they're attacking at this moment. Um, sure, to that, steal that would a make ship. Sense to me, because you know, Callus has decided I'm going to go talk to you know the we're we're assuming the witness, uh, but he's not going to take the whole Leviathan to do it. So he needs a ship that's a little more nimble than the Leviathan that can be unseen because it's kind of hard to hide a ship the size of a planet. Uh, yeah. To, to go do, you know, be, be the main point for this, this new mission. But they got to get that ship from somewhere. And so he assigns that job to Quinzig, Tabasis, and uh, a Cabal, I believe, of Valis. Uh, and they go uh to the shipyard and they decide to steal a ship by the name of the glycon Velatus. and uh so this is going to come to us from technically the third chapter in the captain's log which is called uh lust and reappropriation part two and that one reads like this the daunting bow of the Glycon Velatus looms, obstructing the sky like a bloodied wave rearing up to consume us. I duck behind the frontal landing gear while Quinzig opens a service chute to the command deck. I peek through the open hatch. Down the hall, a lone scion runs diagnostics on the bridge. I carefully crawl inside and slip the long rifle from my back. Shoot it. Guns are loud, Gil. He wasn't totally off-kilter, though. One thought from the scion could alert the whole yard. Ignorance. 
the world ripples through my the word ripples through my brain in Quinzig's seething voice. She will not. I didn't invite you in here, I thought. The ripple spreads. Yours is a mind unfocused and taxed. Chaos where reason should lie. We need this ship, Gilly whispers. He swings into my peripheral view. If you don't do something, that sign is going to have every cabal in the sector on us. Quinzig surfaces from the hatch and kneels beside us. This is Yurik's ghost. She will not reveal us. She's Red Legion. Callus would see her executed. Scions fly many colors, but within the Cabal, we exist in Congress, moving toward our own future. She will recognize my contribution, and I hers, Quinzig says, stepping forward. Gilly watches Quinzig approach the other scion. If this sours, don't give it the chance. His words cinch around my lungs. Short breaths of wary anticipation escape. I sight my long gun and wait. Yurik stiffens as she becomes aware of Quinzig. She turns. They bow their heads together. The two empathize and come to an understanding in silence. Whatever ambitions they have go further than this ship, this moment, this cabal. I hadn't thought that way since I last wore the veneer of a guardian, sold a dream of an immortal city shielded by light as if it could go on forever. Forever is just a hope, folks. Don't live long, folks don't live long enough to see crumble. Eurix looks to Gilly and me, to my rifle, unthreatened. I feel her request for temperance and the tranquil reassurance of their cause. For a moment, I feel young. I stand. We warm the launch engines as Eurix slips away to join the throng and let us be. And that's where we end that card. So, so there's a couple names okay. here that yeah. I'm going to draw some attention to. Um, so Gilly in this is actually Katabasi's ghost. Uh, Gilly's full name being Gilgamesh. Uh, Which is why I like calling Katabasi's Inkadu. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, Gilgamesh isn't strictly, it isn't a Greek reference. Uh, Gilgamesh is Sumerian um, or, or Mesopotamian, but was a hero in ancient Mesopotamian mythology. Um, and, uh, you know, possibly a historical king of Sumerian city of Uruk. Um, but. And, and also a really cool guy from Final Fantasy. Continue. <laughs> yes, there are plenty of Gilgamesh references in, in media throughout the ages. Um, but another prominent uh, mythological figure here used as, as the name for this particular story. Um, so I don't know that, it, that there's as many... like. There isn't a good direct connection into the other Greek references, but it is an interesting decision to use the name Gilgamesh for the ghost. Sure. Um, as a in, uh, in some other area, another name that that's worth remembering, and those that are playing through the current season may recognize Eurix. 
So Eurix in this passage is a, a scion aboard the Glycon uh, under the banner of the Red Legion, who's uh, just you know monitoring the ship, doing maintenance or whatever, and they Katabasis almost kills him. And uh, the scion he, he, he's working he, with, Quinzig. Well, because because Katabasis almost kills him because he's like, if this thing thinks a single thought. The entire cabal thing, the, every cabal in the system. Yeah, be he, he can he can alert everybody in this base at the very least that we're here yeah. and it'll be a bad time. Um, yeah. and Quinzig tells him, "No, no, no. We we scions have an understanding. We we have loyalties beyond the cabal. Uh, and and essentially talks Urix into just letting them have the ship. The name Urix is important." Because Yorix is the is the scion that developed the anti light weapon that was used to try to assassinate Commander Zavala, and is the leader of the Conclave, which is the group of the group of rebel scions that are trying to uh, undermine Keitel. So, what does that say about the scion that's with? Uh, I don't know that it necessarily speaks to like a hierarchy between them or anything like that. Um, like, I mean, is this other si- is is the scion that's with Katabasis? Obviously, if they if they have this understanding, right? Like, are they trying to undermine? Is is he part of the undermining force as well? I, I think that's what's implied that they're both part of the conclave, the Sion conclave. Um, so then, here's a here's an interesting question here then. Is the Scion Conclave working with or for Callus? We're gonna have to find out. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Say, but your question will be answered. I will. I will give you that. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> as we as we progress. But so, needless to say, they they get the the Glycon ship and uh, the old Glicken. And get away with it, you know, before anyone notices, due to Ooh, is, this connection between the scions. Is is Glycon Greek? Um, that is a very good question. I don't know why I did not look that one up beforehand. <laughs> Let the one, the one, the name of the entire thing. That we're I was covering. like, name of the characters, <laughs> name of the. That was Greek. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We are professionals, I swear. No, we're not. We don't get paid for this. We don't get paid for shit. Um, let's see what we can find here. So, Glycon was an ancient Greek snake god, uh, having a large and influential cult within the Roman Empire in the second century. Uh, Would this be similar to like Medusa? Not from what I can see, because the the Greeks had Medusa proper. Right, um, right. I didn't I didn't know if like Glycon was like a like a uh, like a general of Medusa. Yeah, the page that I I've brought up um, doesn't give much information. Other than just it was an ancient Greek snake god. Uh, let's see if okay. I can. Well, we'll go with that then. So, 
uh, again, more of that Greek uh, uh, yeah. theme kind of happening here. Yep. Um, just another... Uh, yeah, another Greek reference. Uh, the fact that there was a cult that formed around it might be important, or, or uh, we could draw some parallels there, as we'll see uh, in the, the later chapters of this. Like, there's definitely some religious, uh, or maybe not religious, but, like, there's some, like, zealotry and, and fervor uh, around oh, sure, the, sure. the uh, mission that Katabases and, and Co. are undertaking. So that that yeah. may be a connection there. Um so, so they've got the ship now. They the, have the, the ship. The, yep. And and not just they, like Callus now Correct. has access to the ship. Katabases and his fire team have acquired it for Callus and actually Callus sends sets them to work with it. Um and we see that in the uh, next lore card from the captain's log, which is called the Well of Absence. And this one is again through the eyes of Katabases. And it goes like this. Blood meets a slurry of oil and dark ether draining into runoff vents in the cabin floor. I sit. A savage din echoes through the harvester craft. I can hear them in the warbeast pens below deck gnashing teeth maddeningly chewing through restraints the wet slaps of their bodies as they batter the walls bato boards the harvester under a hail of tiny stones bato's the cabal uh valis that was with them the hold is secured and casualties collected he says he shuts the bay to the reef storm behind him how many i ask noticing the two of us are alone. He mistakes concern for weakness. We will be ready for tomorrow's harvest. I shift the question. How many more of these things does Quinsig want? Two days of harvest before leaving the shore. She tell you what for? No more than you. Following blind orders, something that sits well with you? Quinsig does not answer to you, Lightbearer. So I've heard more than once. My father spoke like you, questioned, Bato grumbles, laying down his gear. He abandoned Callus to join Gaul's coup, disgraced our bloodline. I threw off my father's shackles and pledged my life to the Emperor. I was shown mercy. Soon I will reclaim the clout of my line and the right to sire. Loyalty is not blindness. Loyalty is rewarded. Sounds like he turned away from a losing battle to one he thought he could win. He left when hope seemed small, before he could see victory through. Bato pauses, pensive. Callus will expose the secrets of the darkness and use them to reclaim Torbottle. It will be. There's a, a, a break indicating a time jump. Quinsig blocks the entrance into her lab. It had been hastily transferred from the Leviathan to the Glycon after our procurement of the ship. All manner of vicious-looking machinery. She raises a finger to my face 
her language restructures in my mind. You do not belong here. I need to know exactly what you're using them for. Why? They are animals, are beasts of burden. I ponder the ethics. They used to be something else. A deadened part buried and ignored, but... Such concern for a hunter. She meant to pin me to Cade. Ain't any different from defiling a corpse. You people honor your dead, don't you? I do not answer to you. Quinsig seethes into my mind. She brushes me away and moves to the shut the door. Bato does. His soldiers do. Do you want to politely ask the scorn into confinement, or do you want to be straight with me? She scowls at me. Where's your ghost? Hangar maintenance. Come, Quinsig says, leading me inside the lab to a bundle of large vats adorned with all manner of pumps and wires. This, she slides a viewing port open on the frontmost vat. Rapid scorn eyes lock with mine through the viewport. Dark fluid rolls, roils as the creature flails and fumes muted shrieks into the liquid. Natural connection to the darkness made stronger. Their minds linked like ours, but without barons, there is nothing to fill them. I watch it claw frantically against the vat until I hear the grating tone of bone-raw fingertips digging into the metal. A touch more violent than I'd expect from a mindless thing, I say. They subsist off the last thought imposed on them. Kill for Fickrel, for the lost prince. But, Quinsig presses her hand to the tank. She fixates her eyes on the scorn and it mellows. Her words are strained. With effort, their psyche is a vessel through which many expressions can commune. She releases the scorn, exhausted, and it drowns again, eyes shrieking terror. Too many for this one to inhabit. How does that help us? Callus will draw the darkness into them, and we will squeeze from them all they know. How, I insist. When we arrive at the anomaly, you will see. And that's the end of that card. Dude, this, this shit is fucking freaky. So, they have been, they, they were tasked by Callus uh, and Quinzig to yep. use the glycon to gather up scorn from the shore uh tangled shore and and they they mentioned specifically because uh about the barons and about the the scorn you know basically the barons were the ones that were giving all these scorn commands cuz scorn are just dead uh elixni that have been, been pumped full of yeah. dark ether. Yep. And apparently um, they have a shared consciousness, not not a hive mind. Um, right. But they have like this shared consciousness, but it seems like the only ones able to think 
and provide that shared consciousness with thought or motivation were the barons. So, and I'm curious if that specifically had to deal. <sighs> so, what was the? I can't think of the the. What was the hive baron? Do you remember? The um, one that had his own uh, throne world. I'm trying to remember what his. I don't remember his name. I keep wanting to say like Mind Flare or something like that. Something like that. Uh, let's see. I I would ask a question that. I mean it. Oh, it was thing. literally the Mind Bender, hence the shotgun. Mind Bender. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Hirax, so, the Mind Bender. So is he? Um, is he the the reason why they have this like again not hive mind but collective consciousness that can be talked through everything do do we know any any more about this collective consciousness they don't give us any more info about it other than it's there um okay i don't attribute it being there to him uh cuz you know he was you know by nature of having a throne world and whatnot, he was obsessed with the hive and the right. sword logic and how hive rituals worked. Uh, I think this shared consciousness is just something that is part of being a scorn. Like it, when okay. a scorn is born, this is it's added into that that shared mind. Um. So then this, so then this has got to be like more of a byproduct of dark ether. Then. Yeah. If anything, I think that's the culprit. Uh, okay. And that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm just trying sense. to figure out like what I'm trying to figure out like what causes a scorn to go from, you know, an individual thinking elixni to a hive mind literally and, and and as described in this scene here, this mindless thrashing about thing that only goes off of the last command that it that it received via this consciousness of kill. And so it's I mean, it's clawing at the metal in this vat with like all the way down to the bone in its fingers, like mm-hmm. I, and the only thing I can think of that that is a obviously they they mentioned the barons, and so that's where I was like, okay, well, it seems like the barons had a little bit more control over this stuff or over this consciousness than the average you know screeb or 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 you know whatever all the average scorn would have, yeah, um. Uh, and from my understanding, the the reason why that might be is that a all of the barons were much um more powerful elixni when they were elixni, um, right? Like you know, captains, they were captains uh, or higher, and right. Uh, also, all of them, if I recall correctly, all of them were directly revived by Aldrin, uh, when he you know was being controlled by the darkness or or by Riven, I guess. Uh, right. Whereas the rest of the scorn outside of the barons were created by Fickrel. And it might be that while Aldrin oh. had a stronger, you know, or, or a, a different ability for, for revival that allowed for um some free will or, or some level of consciousness yeah. to still be there. Yeah. Perhaps when Fickrel did it he either couldn't restore that level of consciousness or actively chose not to because if you can, you know, he wants an army that will follow his orders to the letter, not an army yep. that can think for themselves. And I'm, I'm going to choose to go with the latter thought here then. Like I, I think this was a conscious, I think that making these things 
a mindless army was a conscious decision on Fickrell's part. It could be. It would certainly make plenty of sense. Okay. So so they're so as far as the Glycon's concerned, they're just running around Tangled Shore as a three is it all three of them that are do that are gathering or is it just uh um you said B- Bacchus? Ba- uh so Bato is the Bato. um the Cabal uh Legionnaire or Valis. I, I don't know that they explicitly say. Um but yeah, it sounds like him and maybe Katabases have been actually gathering them up. And then Quinsig has just been using the, you know, as they're gathered, they're put into the uh, the Warbeast pens um, yep. at the, in the below decks. And Quinzig has been pulling them out of there to do experiments on them uh, for, you know, Psychic some... Psychic mind experiments. Some, uh, well, he kind of says the purpose here that they're going to uh, use them you know, Callus will draw the darkness into them, and then we will squeeze from them all they know. So they're intending to use this empty shared consciousness in some fashion as a way to commune with the darkness. And Quinzig is supposedly doing experiments to figure out the the best avenue to accomplish that. Because there's not like a like a one eight hundred. HR desk for for the darkness that Callus can just be like, hey, um, you promised me a seat at the end of the world. The fleet came. The world is, you know, worlds are still here. Uh, can I just uh, maybe lodge a complaint? Yeah, there's there's no one eight hundred witness. As as nice as that would be. <laughs> it's witness seven letters. I didn't even think to look. Yes, it is. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> okay, yep, totally works. <laughs> that's that's. I'm yeah. <laughs> sorry, that was too good. That was too exact to be too good to not skip out on. So yeah, if Bungie has not set witness. up an ARG with that telephone number, <laughs> they really need to. <laughs> They need to. They just be like, hey, if you have if you have complaints to lodge with the darkness, please call one eight hundred witness. Hello, this is your salvation speaking. How may I direct your call? <laughs> Shit. Hello, this is your salvation. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was good. Uh... Okay. <laughs> Well, now that I'm done for the episode, <laughs> uh, so uh, um, okay, so they so they've got <laughs> shit. So they've got um, uh, Quinzig's lab uh, brought from the Leviathan down to the Glycon. Yep. Very hastily, kind of set up. They they're they're doing all this gathering. They're they're trying to create this this or are. Now they're not trying to create a hive consciousness, are they? No, it's already there. Um, gotcha. Is is what Quinzig is saying is that like this this consciousness is there, but it has no direction because there are no barons gotcha. to tell it what to do anymore. And right. he shows that as a scion with psionic, um, you know, psychic abilities, even he can temporarily control a lone scorn. 
Uh, and it seems like it's a little straining on him too. Yes. Yeah. To do so. Um, because it says that you know she releases the scorn exhausted. Um, so it, it takes a significant amount of effort for you know to control a single scorn. So presumably they're trying to figure out how do we manipulate this you know a large number of them to accomplish what we want to do. Okay. And Katabasis clearly has a bunch of questions about this. Like he's like, "What the fuck are we doing? Why are we doing this? What the hell is going on?" Yeah, he's very much like, "Why are we collecting these scorn? What are we doing with them? How long are we going to need to do this?" Like he, he's definitely getting some some heebie-jeebies about what's going on here. Uh, trying to gather some more info. Um, it's also interesting that when Quinzig asks. Katabasis where his ghost is he just kind of goes oh you know yeah. off, off doing hangar maintenance um, I was curious about that like is he is the scion like actively like kind of calling him out like or is or is the scion like hey where's this thing that I want to experiment with <laughs> it could be a little bit of both uh you know it could be like does the scion not trust the ghost to see what the experiments are um or That's is the scion or, or is Quinzig trying to be, or is that a threat? You know, like, where, yeah. where's your yeah. ghost? Yeah, because maybe I need, I need I'll use him with. as collateral or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. But uh, he tells him, you know, you'll, you'll see how we plan to do this when we arrive at the anomaly. Uh, and the, uh, the anomaly that they're speaking about is the one where Mars formerly was because this is prior how to how to say it mars disappeared with beyond light and their anomaly took its place that anomaly is where and they're now going it's back but now mars is back and that anomaly is gone question <laughs> mark i mean i assume so so here's here's the way that i think of it as um uh so during right before beyond light um Mars, Mercury, uh, Titan, and Io were blipped out of, out of, not necessarily out of existence, but um, well, we we had out of theorized our... that they those areas of the solar system were forced via darkness powers to remember a time where before those planets existed. Yep, uh, or after a time where the planets have already gone. Yeah, that would also be a valid. You know, a valid way to go. No, 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 because it's memory. It's got to be past. Oh, good point. Good point. Yep. It's got to be past. It's got to. It's got to be past because darkness is memory, and that's the whole thing with that. Yep. Okay. So, but just because the planet remembers that it's not there anymore doesn't mean that the gravity well that the planet. I mean, the planets had to have had some sort of thing to form around in order for in order for all of that mass and all that rock and all that you know, whatever the hell a planet's made out of to form around. So there's still some sort of gravity well there um, being this anomaly. So presumably we could go to, if if we so desired so, we could fly to where Mercury was and there should be an anomaly there. We could fly where Titan and Io were and there should be anomalies there. Yeah, that's because, my take on it too. Right, because before the planets formed, there had to have been something there to draw all that material there. And, and from a scientific standpoint, that, that draw would have to be gravity. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so yeah that's where they're heading is Mars before Mars came back. 
there was this this gravitational anomaly uh an an event horizon was there um so a very brief excerpt um from the next chapter which is uh feast your eyes from the captain's log this is again through the eyes of catabases as all of the previous ones have been uh it says callus docked with us yesterday his scribe not but two steps behind him perused the stock picked out the first one for what they're calling communion they brought but they brought something else on board scorn haven't shut up since quinsig is getting it ready in the viewing chamber gilly is eyeing it too looking through portholes i hear him at night whispering it's the same all the way through you were right katabases it's all just a cage a prison but so much bigger than we thought i can't help but wonder what are we doing here that's the end of that little card so it sounds like even gilly has some reservations here so the, the yeah this tells us that callus has now boarded the glycon and he's brought something with him and it, whatever it is it's got the scorn riled up they haven't shut up since and quinzig is is preparing it uh yeah and gilly is is saying like it's all a cage it's all a prison but it's just so much bigger than we ever thought um and and both gilly and katabases are wondering like what are we doing here what did we get ourselves into i mean they did they, like yeah like, it's uh-huh. there, there's very much this sense of dread going on ever ever since they hit the tangled shore uh katabases and and now obviously gilly mm-hmm. um are are they they have the sense of dread about them yes absolutely uh but they're kind of too far in it at this point um or at least that's yeah. probably the feeling they have to they're just trying to hope that everything ends up okay for them at least so the the next book or the next chapter um, from the captain's log is called excess of avarice and this one is actually told through the eyes of callus the cacothes cacothes i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly i am probably don't, not i'm so gonna say don't um, hurt yourself <laughs> however the meaning of that word um c-a-c-o-e-t-h-e-s means insatiable desire so uh, this is through the eyes of callous of insatiable desire. So, it goes as such. A crowd has gathered to stand with me, their emperor, soon to be so much more. Amost spread word of my arrival, and they clamored to be first in my presence in the viewing chamber. I spot the guardian in his little light as well an extra morsel of bait. The ghost watches while the guardian resigns to the rear. A pity. All come to view the zenith of my labors. I am omnipresent. Every angle that can be seen is seen by statues at every corner. My plated carriage monitors the crown for apparitions. It is adorned with gold from the castellum for my viewing. I paid many lives to pry it free from hive clutches, but it bent most agreeably. Its ability to bridge minds and bring them to submit. 
I see my tributes, scorn, gibbering nonsense in unison, lashed and plugged into the crown, a thorn made tool in my brilliance. My daring counselors anchor their psyches and prepare to begin the communion. Greatness is before us. These watchers, I shall thrill them. I clap four monumental pairs of hands. Let it begin, I say. I turn all my gaze to the chamber's expansive viewing window as shutters unveil the grave of Mars. Tendrilic bands of phasing darkness spiral from the anomaly's core, enrapturing all of me, beckoning into the depth of its core with whispers like hooks through nervous flesh. I gape into the stimulating wreath. Yes. My counselors place their hands on the crown and focus, focus cognition through it. They pry open the scorn's collective synaptic pathways and sew them into the fabric of the anomaly's mimetic sphere. The glycon strains against the pole. Velocity surges forward to the anomaly. The surrounding reality tears away. We hold, suspended before the wreath. It fills all sight. Nothing, just beyond the bend. Time ceases and the cosmos arcs to accommodate my will, now. Delight in me, I emulated all of me in your image, stretched my mind to live through so many. I reaped the pleasures and experiences of every vessel, but despite my sundry perspectives, I still only see through my own eyes, and I want more. I peer into the dark nothing. You are oblivion, not destruction, but a melding of all that has come to pass. I wish to become as you are, to gorge on existence, to collect your promise to elevate me. My laughter is wild, all of my forms transfix on the swirling anomaly. I shout at it, look upon me. The cosmos bends and snaps as I stand. Return to my feeble reality, ignored again. The scorn shriek nonsense in unison. It drowns out the whispers. It is all any of me can hear. I reach out as you showed me when we last met. I split open each scorn mind from my carriage, searching for you. Nothing. Every time I tear open, every time, so I tear open their bodies fitfully pulling limb from socket, mind from skull, scouring them for your presence. I search until the shrieking can only be heard from the distant pens below. I meet the eyes of each crew member who would not look away. In them, I see it. You, peering back from beyond the tension, an observer. And that lore card ends. Holy fucking shit, dude, this is getting creepy. <laughs> this is getting freaky and creepy and crazy. Okay. Whew. Give me a second. Calm. Okay. So, Callus brought the crown. Callus brought the crown of sorrow aboard the Glycon, yes. Which, okay, so to kind of like back up just a little bit. Question number one. 
we knew exactly where the crown was. It was in the Leviathan. It was it was put on Gowron's head. Gowron instantly lost his mind to it. We then defeat him, and the crown falls off his head at at our feet. Why the hell did we just leave it there? Well, we were still in the Leviathan. I I'll think, give you that one. I think okay. the implication was that a we did not understand all that it did and all that it was at the time and b it would have been very difficult for us to have transported it out of the belly of the leviathan a ship which callus presumably has complete control over uh and oh sure all i mean he the, says as much here he's the he's army omni what, what did he say here? Uh, uh, not omni-opulent. Omnipresent. Uh, he yeah. is everywhere like he all can, at once. Just, yeah, so he either has eyes everywhere or somehow he's able to sense everything everywhere. Um, okay, so that makes that makes a little bit more sense then, I guess. Um, also because video game and we need stuff right, to like, screw you know. with our heads later. Um, so the Crown of Sorrow. Um, I'm pretty sure we covered this before, but I'm going to do a quick recap of it the crown of sorrow was created was it created by savathun specifically uh, unclear if it was created by or if it was something that already existed and she meddled with it to turn it into a trap but right uh specifically so the whole thing behind it was whoever wears this crown could could possibly have control over the score or not score the the hive um and so you know callus gets his grimy little hands on it and he's like i'm gonna make a bather to do this thing and, um, spoiler alert, it's a drop in the famous words of Admiral Akbar, since we're sticking with our Star Wars theme. Uh, it, it, it's a trap, and, uh, Gowron loses his mind to it. We kill Gowron. Crown falls to the floor. On the inside of it is inscribed with Savathun's, uh, um, what would you call that? Her symbol? Her runes, I guess. Yeah. Rune. That that's a better word. Yeah. So it's got a bunch of hive runes, and then it has specifically the rune for Savathun. Um and so Callus just says, Okay, well, this thing did something. Um let's keep screwing with it, and I'm gonna make my one eight hundred witness phone call <laughs> using this and all the minds of the scorn. Uh and nothing answers back. Yeah, so he um he takes the the crown of sorrow, um alters it in some way. I uh, in a I'm way that, as to what the alter alternations were alternation. Yeah, oh. um cuz he says uh it is adorned with gold from the castellum. Uh I paid many lives to free it from hive clutches, but it bent most agreeably its ability to bridge minds and bring them to submit. So whatever they did to it, he seems pretty confident that they got it. Uh, they've retained its ability to like meld minds, but yeah. have removed its connection to Savathun or the Hive in general. Um, so that's an interesting thought there. That to me says that the crown itself is not necessarily Hive-related. Maybe not. And to be fair, it doesn't look like anything we've seen from the hive. It doesn't. It does not at all. And so that, but that's that's an interesting thought that it it is a crown that possibly Savathun 
altered herself to make it a you know directly mm-hmm. tie to the hive, but we don't even know that it ever controlled the hive at all. Yeah, because uh, as soon as Gowron puts it on, he goes nuts. Right, I, and you know the hive do support Galron after he goes crazy, but they may have been doing so under the direction of Savathun at that point. Right. Um yeah, unclear. It very possible that this the crown originated. I'm starting to think that this thing is else. not a darkness or, or this is not a hive thing, that it might be more of a darkness crown or or something. I, it could have belonged to one of the many, many races that the hive obliterated over the millennia too. Ooh. I, I mean it was found on a I war like moon. that theory. And war moons I are like that theory. the shells of other planets, essentially. So I really like that theory that it was just something that the hive found, and it's a spoil of war. They didn't know what the fuck to do with it, so Savathun's like, "Let me just tinker with it." I like this theory. I, I like this sense. theory a lot. So okay. regardless, so so Callus has altered it to yep. to do what he wants to do with it. Makes his phone call. Nothing answers. Like it, and he like he's screaming at this thing. Answer me, damn it! And mm-hmm. nothing. So, so I, I think a, a couple things happen that are worth noting here. So, I uh, he says, um, they they essentially they connect the consciousness of the scorn to the crown. Uh, my counselors place their hands on the crown and focus cognition through it. They pry open the scorn's collective pathways and sew them into the fabric of the anomaly's mimetic sphere. So I think, I think, what they're trying to do is they're trying to literally tie the thoughts or the consciousness of the witness into the empty vessel that is the scorn via the crown of sorrows as kind of the the passageway and then callus will be talking to the witness using the scorn as the telephone essentially holy shit and they, that's kind of cool <laughs> they, yeah i mean they they do all of this and do it the act of tying of making that connection between the consciousnesses physically has an effect on the glycon ship I, oh yeah they're talking about it's being pulled the glycon ship is being pulled towards the event horizon of this anomaly time is stopping um and all of this like, seems like the it, effects of a black hole uh, yeah i mean very very much so uh i mean it's a gravity anomaly it, it is a black hole for all intents and purposes. right right they talk about event horizon it's yeah absolutely but so it's it's being pulled towards the black hole time is ceasing things are like are are in my head at least things are starting to to get very stretchy in that like right before warp speed kind of way from from Star yeah. Wars. Uh, <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> this this is now part of this. Yep. <laughs> um, and you know they they make that brief connection and Callus makes this grand proclamation. You know, look upon me. Uh, and then he's snapped back to reality unanswered and in in a fit of like no that can't be it there must be something you know they must there must have been a a message left for me he starts looking through the the psyche of the scorn to look look for clues and when he doesn't find anything there he starts physically looking through the scorn's bodies and innards 
Uh, and he doesn't that find part anything there. Me out. <laughs> uh, and then he says, I meet the eyes of each crew member who would not look away. And in them, I see it. You peering back from behind the tension, an observer, and observers of the capital O. Uh, observer, witness, very similar. Yeah. Uh, so I think maybe he's implying that there was a connection made, that he made the witness aware of their presence and their, their machinations, but uh, maybe the witness is wanting Callus to prove himself further before he actually acknowledges him or... You know, for I whatever think this reason, is the ramblings of a madman. That's possible too. I think he's he's just, just seeing what he I wants to see. I think he's just looking in the eye, like he didn't get an answer. So he's like, "Well, you know, this liar. He, he's he's all knowing, all powerful, and everything. And I'm a god. You can't just ignore a god. And so now he's just he's he's peered in, he's peered directly into the darkness, forcefully. Not like at this point, this is a forceful like. Oh yeah. He went to the anomaly. He used the consciousness to force him force his way to talk it to the darkness and just got snapped back to reality and in my mind i think he's lost it i think he's gone nuts and so now he's just he's just seeing shit like he's like looking into the crew member like any crew member that doesn't that won't look away he's just like oh they're watching me they're you know they're the observer must be there like i don't know man i think cal has snapped i wouldn't be surprised Honestly, I I think this could be read either way and still make perfect sense <laughs> within Absolutely. the context of what else is going on. Absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, so he's he's dialed one eight hundred witness. Witness hasn't answered. He's pissed. He's he's possibly losing his mind. Um, where where does this where does this leave us? Like what? So what the hell? Their their attempt number one is a failure. I. Uh, presumably they go back to the drawing board you know i it's not said explicitly but um i would assume that callus is you know oh we you know something wasn't right you know we 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 need to well they forgot to put a one in signal or yeah right we we forgot the the country code in front of the the number Um, (laughs) we have to redial and that's gonna take another 300 scorn uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. God damn. But uh, but so while all that I love, is happening, I love this one eight hundred witness <laughs> thing. This is just now canon. That's happening now. That'll be another T-shirt. Mark my words. Uh, Absolutely, one eight hundred witness, and on the back, it's just hello. This is your salvation speaking. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it. All right. So while while all of that is happening, um. You know the the next the the uh, things are getting prepared for the next attempt. Um, Katabasis takes takes an opportunity to try and rest, uh, and we see the results of that through the next chapter, which is called Ire. Because while uh, real quick mm-hmm. before you start this next one, while Callus was doing this, Katabasis was there, and and Batu and. Um... Uh, the scion were there, right? Like every, the whole crew's there. Like everyone's, everyone was witness to what just happened here. Yeah, everyone was in the viewing chamber. Um, to to you know, in Callus's eyes, witness his grand communion, and, and it didn't turn out that way. Uh, right. So everyone saw this this failed first attempt. Um. So yeah, this is now uh the chapter entitled Ire 
ire literally just meaning uh, anger. Uh, and this is through the eyes of Katabases once more. Restless sleep plagued by the nightmare. I am in the streets when the sirens start. I lay watching the traveler for a long time. Disbelief. The gap in thought of a semi-automatic mind. Red Legion sweeps. I see their harrowing, full sides tear annihilation through the tower. Everyone is standing but me. Debris falling. I am separated. I reach for Gilgamesh, and he is gone. The cage chokes our light. Fire chases me from street to street. No light, no ammunition. The city is burning. Faceless zephyrs screaming to me beneath a pitiless god. Red-plated death lines the walls, and the city is burning. I flee, I flee, I flee, my steps weighted down by guilt. The city is burning, and you did nothing. Gil's broken star finds my shame. There is only us forging survival. Together we crawl to exile. Frantic, scrawled ink in the margins of the page reads, Nightmare's back. Took months, but it always comes back. In force this time. Every night since we took on our cargo, they've been howling. I swear, they're three decks down, but you can still hear them. Gil's been wandering the ship more, too. I think it's time to start making to-go bags. That's the end of that particular card. So this this is PTSD. This is, oh, absolutely. Spe- speaking as someone who has this same nightmare thing of past events, this is PTSD. He's so this is so kind of gives us a little bit of insight into into Katabasis. He was there for the for the fall of the traveler. Yeah. Uh, or not the fall of the traveler, the caging of the traveler. Yeah. Uh, during during the Red uh, War. Yeah, he was uh, there at the beginning of the Red War um, when the Cabal led the assault on the city uh, and feels a tremendous amount of guilt for not, you know, for, for fleeing, for not trying to right. stand and continue fighting. Um, he, he just ran and yeah. uh, exiled himself, essentially. Which which is interesting too, because I mean, like we as 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 you know, a and a fellow guardian that that lost their light during the Red War or during the invasion there, um, we kind of I mean, pretty much every guardian ran. Like there was no. It's it's interesting to see Katabasis like blame himself and be like, you know, this is my fault. Like I ran. Like I was a coward. You know, whatever. But like every guardian fled the city. Like it. I mean, hell. Ikora went clear out to Io, you know, to, uh, Zavala went to Titan. I mean, we're, you're talking high-ranking Vanguard, like the 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 highest rank of the Guardians were like, fuck this, I don't know what to do, and just bailed. So, I mean, it's it's interesting to to see this from his point of view of like, you know, I this I I I feel so guilty for leaving and and exiling myself. I think part of it is survivor's guilt, for sure. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I think another part of it, in 
as the the name of the chapter suggests, ire is is anger not only at himself, but um, you know when when he says the city is burning and you did nothing, I think he's talking about the traveler did nothing. That's what I was curious about. It wasn't what caged immediately, uh, right? You know there there was there was the invasion and there was a a good you know I don't know how long it actually was, but at, at least a I mean it was at least know, a whole mission a worth. minutes yeah um where the traveler was not caged and the light was not cut off where presumably it could have reacted and you know saved the the city and pushed back the the um assault and i this, and this, he's blaming man. it as well yeah yeah i mean and this this has this has a lot of like little things in it too like I mean to think back to that time of 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 the traveler not doing anything and we kind of theorized this too like the traveler's been through so many systems and tried to do so many things now it's just gotten to a point where it's just like I don't even know what the fuck to do anymore I'm going to just presumably do nothing and see what happens cuz we we're we're still we're still operating um and again until we're presented evidence otherwise I am operating under the guise that, or the idea that um, the traveler is the gardener, or or something inside the traveler is the gardener. Yeah. So, it, throughout all these other systems that it's gone to, and and just and been an active part there, now to come to our system and be a kind of a passive part of just this thing sitting in. The, I mean, it, it started off as an active part, right? Like it started the whole golden age thing, and then, and then you know, darkness came, collapse happened ghosts were released and now it's just like fuck it i don't know what the fuck to do anymore so that's it uh, until until gall was like i'm a god look at me i took you i took the light i i deserve this and then like that's the point where the driver's like okay this is exactly why we had the rule like this is exactly why i joined the garden game to not let something like this happen because paracausal powers running around the muck is a bad thing but whatever so yeah, it, he definitely has a lot. Like Katavasi definitely has a lot of this, this guilt on him, and that's like, and maybe, and maybe that's what kind of drove him into being in service of Callus. Like, because that's that's the other part of this whole thing. Like, why is this guardian just? He's like, fuck the vanguard, fuck everything. Like, I, you know, Callus, cool. I'll work for him. I don't give a shit. Like, he, he just, he doesn't, he doesn't seem to have any drive or purpose. It, it feels like the fact that he's. I mean, he's questioning what he's doing while he's there, but he's not really like, I mean, he's still doing it, you know? Yeah, I I mean, I get the feeling that he's just, he's listless, that he's looking for a purpose. And, yeah. you know, Callus is a very grand showman and very like, oh, you know, you shall grow Come fat with me. strength under my tutelage. Yeah. And, you know, I could see how at least initially that would that would be very appetizing for somebody that's, disillusioned from their their previous life and um previous beliefs and now has someone coming to them going i have the answers i will lead you to to where you are destined to be you know that that can make a lot of sense um sure as far as why he may follow him at least initially um but either way he's having these ptsd things blaming the traveler yeah, blaming the traveler, um, blaming himself to a degree. Uh, yeah, and that that's kind of just informs us a little bit about what's going on in his head and, and his kind of his character. 
Right. Uh, so the next chapter that we're going to read is uh, called Acheron's Well from the Captain's Log. And I want to note here that in Greek mythology, Acheron was the god of the underworld river and lake of pain. Um, Charon ferried the souls of the dead across its waters, uh, the, the waters of the Acheron on his skiff. Um, so yet another Greek reference to the underworld. And maybe some of those references are making more sense now <laughs> as we go through yeah. the events that are happening here. This uh, shit's getting dark, yo. So this uh, this one is told through the eyes of Katabases again, and it goes as such. Callus's tomb carriage overlooks the viewing chamber once again. All his forms stand around a garish mass of metal and apprehension. The crown, as he called it. Fewer crew members attended this communion after so many failed attempts before. Gilly and I stand above a host of chattering carcasses. Plugs, plugs and cables run from them into the f- flesh of an ether-logged scorn beneath an ugly crown. The gold from the castellum is flush with tarnish, stemming from some kind of lichen that had burrowed its way into the precious metal adornments since the last communion attempt. I thought gold doesn't stain, I said to Gilly. It's an expression of purity. Like the light? Eh, I grunt. Gilly fixates on the crown, on the viewing window, and then the depth beyond. Bato takes the spot next to me and leans against the railing. Are all guardians ruled by uncertainty? Counselors approach the crown. Bato, in my experience, people who are too sure of themselves tend to die. The counselors place their hands on the crown, and suddenly I am greatly aware of the room's stillness, our tilt. Bato raises his voice over the intensifying chatter. Yergo speaks to the scorn as much as they can. Curious, that's all. Looking for an angle, something we can use. Isn't that right, Gilly? I ask, trying to hide my own suspicion. Gilgamesh says nothing. Iris frozen ahead as the viewing curtain completes its retraction. Velocity surges forward to the anomaly, tearing away the surrounding reality. The sound of Callus's feverish, multifold laughter drowns the hull's groans for mercy. It's different this time. Not a passage. It's a wall. We crash hard, but not all at once. It's a steady, tumbling impact. Somehow, always down. The cosmic bands bend around us and shudder as they're drawn into thin, bright needles of diminishing relevance. Peripheral ablerations mainlined and burnt through. The space between each needle of light expands until it is. The transition is like a reluctant membrane, a depth of souls frozen over and wailing. The ice grinds against itself at the elliptic barrier between form and expression. We cross, sunless, adrift on empty currents with no direction. Where's the Emperor? And that card ends. So, did 
did they cross the event horizon then? That's what it sounds like. They, it's. I mean, they're talking sunless. They're talking. Uh, yeah. Sounds like whatever this this time communion was different, and they uh, they hit a wall. They they he describes it as a uh, as a membrane. Yeah. That presumably they push through their ship gets yeah weird reality through this this resistance and what they cross into is this sunless empty place and they're just adrift and the emperor is nowhere to be seen it's just gone like it's it's not like he's he's you know he's he's left the viewing chamber or anything he is gone like he's just yep. poofed poof he's gone uh, Dude, this shit is getting freakier and freakier, man. So I say leading right into that, we have the next one, uh, which is a chapter entitled Blood in the Barrel. This is through the eyes of Katabasis again. Weeks bleed away. Where's your ghost? Bato grunts as he throws a crushed scorn into a tangle of festering dark tendrils. These fungal growths had grown across the glycon during the timeless expanse since our plunge, and only continued to spread. I don't know. I sputter as I pull a ragged blade from my gut, off fraternizing somewhere. I'm here. What do you need? Gilly says, appearing. Fewer holes, I groan. Bato looks to the three scorn that had ambushed us, now returned to the grave. The rest will feel their deaths. How much further? Assuming the ship hasn't shifted on us again? Not far once this one gets up, Gilly gestures to me. Is Quinzig certain severing the crown will send us back? It'll work. We better not have dug up this command key for nothing, I reply, holding up an imperial security key. You said it was to stop the scorn, Bato roars. Stopping them doesn't matter if we don't get out. I pledged my life to Callus, and you want me to forsake him? He towers over me. I know a thing or two about abandonment. If he used you to get what he wanted, just like he used me, he's gone, Bato, and we're close to follow. Where does that leave your bloodline? I stand as a wave racks the glycon. It isn't something you see, more like a light bulb bursting. A long blink before the pins and shivers wash over, numb. I can hear it moving through the ship like cold metal tension. The three scorns snap and contort in grotesque reanimation. You're welcome to stay if you want to, I say. Hey, uh, there's a line indicating a passage of time. And then it continues. We make it to the ship's bridge, howls tracking us down every hall. I seal the door with the command key and meet Quinsig beneath the command console at the entrance to the viewing chamber. She stands, encircled by fifteen loyalist soldiers. This is everyone? I ask. Quinsig nods. I insert the command key into the viewing chamber door. After a moment, pistons disengage and the door opens. Quinsig focuses for a moment. Empty. Her voice rings from her. We enter the viewing chamber. 
the soldiers take up positions around the room. Bato strides past the darkness-infested crown and drops to his knees at the open viewing window. He stares into the endless. How do we choose who deserves our loyalty? I walk to his side. Everyone's got their own way. No one's right. You don't owe anyone anything, Bato. Quinsig signals that she is ready. As I approach the crown, I watch her eye trace the scorched handprints of each counselor that last communed here. Shrieks echo down the steps leading to the bridge. Metallic scraping heralds the flame. I will do this so that many others may live, Quinsig's voice flows. I do not intend suffering, but should have expected Callus's deceit. Ambition to steal away his secrets damned us all. Get us out, and we're square, I tell her. She plants her next words into my mind. I will, because you do not belong here. She points her palms on the crown. She places her palms on the crown. Velocity surges backwards into infinity, tearing away the surrounding reality. We stand in nothing. Seventeen defenders, back to back, around Quinzig and the crown. The shrieks grow louder, and through the, vi- through the winds of bending steel, the trembling flesh of scorn pour into the nothing with us. Slug rifles unleash a salvo in all directions, from behind a handful of phalanx shields, tearing, the li- tearing line after line of scorn down with explosive force. Incendiers step forward to cremate the remains between volleys. I add my gun to line, dropping raiders before they can align shots on our ring and slinging void wall grenades to stem the flow. Quinsig screams, straining to sever the link as the glycon thrashes against dark waves. Blackfire scalds her hands as nothing twists around us. We fight until the floor is lined with dead scorn and empty magazines. The shrieking recedes. Scraping metal echoes through the viewing chambers. A wave of darkness tremors through the glycon. Every unburnt scorn seizes and begins to reconstitute. Soldiers panic and fire into heaps of wreathing bodies, hoping to stop the process. In the chaos, lightning rips through the air cutting through three legionnaires and rupturing an incendiary tank. The blast kills seven. The circle tightens. We return fire in the direction of the lightning and are met with two fetid abominations. They burst into the chamber and rear back with crackling fists. I charge one, slipping into the void to draw blades from its sheath. Bato snatches a phalanx shield resting at his feet and challenges the other. Its bolts break on the shield. Our remaining guns carry, harry them with slug fire until we close the gap. I cut through hands and head, then pivot to see Bato driving his shield into the other's face. Quinsig cries out. I spin on my heel to see her engulfed in black flame and the cosmos racing around us. She spreads her pain to us to try to hold on a few moments longer, but to no avail. I look back to Bato. Deeper, past him, in the nothing, to the hulking silhouette 
dragging a flaming censer, and I knew this is where I die. And that's the end of that card. Jesus fucking Christ. This is getting... Holy shit. Okay. Okay. So. Sorry, I'm trying to... This is like... I'm getting emotional, man. This is... This is fucking nuts. Um, okay. So. I'm going to kind of back up a little bit to the card before. It talk, The card before talked about how like... There's like tarnish and shit on the gold. Mm-hmm. And then this one describes these tentacles and this lichen crap growing on it. But this is not the same thing as like the the hive crap that grows on everything, right? This is something else. Yeah, I think this. So for those that were not um, playing the game at a time where they could go investigate the glycon ship themselves, uh, in during that that mission, um, there were these like vines and fungus almost uh, type uh, substances that had just grown throughout the glycon ship um that were very similar in appearance to what you see behind the drifter uh, in like the gambit uh intros um i'm thinking that it might be a early form of that that they're seeing on the on the uh crown of sorrow that's what i'm thinking too like it's it's def it des- definitely is something similar to it or or if it isn't it so so the, all this crap is is everywhere all this I hesitate to call it what I'm gonna call it but I'm gonna call it this anyway darkness crap as my yes. wife laughs at me I'm 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 gonna call it that I'm I'm hesitant to call it that but everywhere we've seen this stuff it is a place that is that is very much tied to the darkness and not necessarily the the darkness the person the witness but definitely darkness like the force so there is maybe a little bit of both there is a a dialogue line during the uh, mission that addresses this this stuff in particular um and it says this flora harmonizes at the same frequency as darkness energy um, then, then I'm going to say it's tied directly to darkness. So, then. yes, I, I think it is somehow an organic substance that can either feed off of or grows only in areas uh, that have a large amount of darkness energy. Absolutely. So, so okay, so so this stuff is starting to grow all over the ship. And and I think I think either the entry before or this entry, I think it was this yeah, this entry, the beginning of this entry, they talk about how the ship is shifting now. Yes. Like yeah. like as they're trying to make their way to the bridge, but this isn't a straight line path anymore. This isn't like, you know, they don't just jump in the turbo lift and go, bridge, computer, bridge, and then they're there. Like they're having to fight through first off, this really freaky looking darkness stuff, and second off, these scorn that are like they're killing them, and then they're like, ur, 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 and like turning back into scorn, like yeah, it seems just reanimating to be, themselves. It seems to be that they get kind of wherever they're floating, whatever this this space is, which they are calling nothing. Um, every time right. I, I say nothing, this is past the this, membrane with a capital N. Uh, yep. So this space they're referring to as the nothing um, has these these waves, these energy waves 
and that periodically happen. And when one hits the ship, any of the scorn that they haven't cremated the bodies of are resurrected, come back to life. Uh, and it's those same waves that are shifting the ship. And uh, when, when you play through the mission, or, or if you had the opportunity to play through the mission or, or watch a playthrough, um, some of the dialogue around it suggests that like, uh, it, they say like, the ship is all wrong. Like there are parts yeah. that are not supposed to be where they are. Uh, and it's kind of determined that it was literally kind of like phasing in and out of reality with these waves. And it didn't yeah. always get put back together the same way that it started before that phase. Uh, and having that happen and not, over not- and over has just got it all jumbled. Right. And it's, it's, it's not even like a sense of like, hey, this cargo door opens and it's supposed to leave lead to the cargo bay it's like this cargo door opens and there's a wall there like yeah. it there there's not even like there's there's nothing the cargo door doesn't lead anywhere it's it's just a wall now because part of the ship is now stuck in that position so it, the ship is literally like every time this wave hits it's rearranging the ship so they're fighting through they're trying to get this key to where they can get into the main uh the the bridge and the main viewing chamber and lock themselves in it seems um, which they do. They get in there. They they lock the doors behind them. And by this time, it's like the three the three man fire team, um, and then like what like like fifteen dudes, and that's it. Like this whole grand party has been reduced down to practically nothing. And Catabases, uh, um, he's just like, I just want I just want to get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, do whatever you need to do. Get us the hell out of here. And then like. The Scion is like, okay, like, obviously they're looking, they, they get into the lower chamber that's underneath, um, which, um, when you played the mission, uh, the very last part that you got to was that chamber where the Crown of Sorrow was sitting, and you actually got to see the Crown of Sorrow, and there's dialogue there, which I'm sure we'll cover. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they're in this chamber, and so the Scion's, like, looking at this thing, like, he's looking at where all the other Scions have touched it, and, and you know, did their mind timey their mindy windy thing um and and there's you know there's burn marks all over it and he's like all right i'm gonna do this and then it's interesting to me that the scion specifically says to katavasis because you're not supposed to be here so we get like we get what is that about from quinsig the scion that i think are interesting um that is one of them uh the other is uh, I did not intend suffering, but should have expected Callus's deceit. Ambition to yeah. steal away his secrets damned us all. So I think that's Quinsig saying that Quinsig and presumably the other Scions were only there helping with this project because they were trying to learn a way to commune or control this great power Callus was after for themselves. Like they they were intending yep. to steal away whatever the secret ended up being, and in in following Callus's orders, uh, to to try and discover the secret, uh, they you know they caused all of this to happen, right? Um, and I think the uh, and they're basically the ones that got burned for it, right? Right, and I I think the 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 dialogue um you do not belong here is either referencing that like you are a light bearer and we are literally in 
that. What, what I am taking as this is the deep, the realm. The, this the, is the, the deep, the, the place, world. the darkness, the place. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I don't know if that's Quincy saying, like, you don't belong here because you are of the light and we are, this is a reality of nothing but dark. Or if yeah. it's a bit of regret saying, like, you should never have Could come be. with us. Like, uh, you know, you almost didn't, like, you almost didn't like ask an, for this. Almost like a non-apology apology, right? Right. Like, like, you know, she's here because she wanted to steal secrets and is, you know, kind of reaping, uh, you know, reaping what she sowed in, 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 for her yep. deception. But, you know, Katabasis is here because he was trying to believe in something. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe she recognizes that and is saying, like, this, you don't deserve to be here. Uh, so she start, so she she does her thing and time starts they talk they talk about uh, velocity starts reverting backwards like he, they are trying to basically push back through the membrane to get back to here yep. and this whole time scorn are pouring in they're they're getting fucked up they like every time every time a phalanx falls another the the circle closes in tighter Bato picks up a shield and these two abominations come in and you know Tabasis, he goes fucking spectral blades and he's like, yeah, and the Bato's like, yeah, and shit is hitting the fan like this, like shit is hitting the fan. There's no other way to put this like it's it's getting it's getting bad. Yeah, and uh, they they lose they lose seven in a single explosion, um, which brings their numbers down to ten and Quinsig is trying to push through the pain, you know, knowingly sacrificing herself at this point uh, to try and just, like, get, and she's, she's like, get them out. She's, like, transferring this pain psychically to, to everyone around yeah, her to she, try to, like... She's spreading the pain. She says she spreads her pain to us to hold on for a few moments longer, but to no avail, which seems to imply that she was killed by this attempt Uh before she was able to accomplish her goal. Right. Um, because he then immediately says, I look back to Bato and then deeper past him into the nothing uh, to the hulking silhouette dragging a flaming sensor. So they're still there. They're still, you know, under attack they're from stuck. the scorn. Uh, and this, this f- hulking silhouette dragging a flaming sensor um is as players know it uh the final boss of the glycon mission when you are are going through as the player guardian and it it has a name but i can't remember the name of it though uh the locust of communion the locust of communion that's right i can't want to say like the fickerel of locust or something i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this this thing is is now here and yep. but i as presumably it wasn't there before um, I mean, I, I think it was there before, but it was just a scorn that was, had been, uh, captured with all the others. Uh, yeah. but now it's, it's free and, you know, was just a, a more powerful scorn than some of your normal, it's, it's free and normal of the mill. Yes. It's free and it is upset. <laughs> it is angry. Um, and actually, I don't have it in my notes, but I, I recall maybe it was in a different lore book or maybe it was in a section of Captain's Log that I I missed somewhere. But I do recall there being something along the lines of Quinzig 
trying to strengthen one of the scorn to make it a better host. And it might have oh, been sure. that that and this might strength have been and scorn one, yeah. was what ended up being the, this locust. Uh, I I could see that. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that definitely seems feasible. So, um, but needless to say, that is not where this book ends. Um, there are two more entries that we're gonna read. Okay. Uh, this next one is enti- is chapter sullen of the captain's log, uh, through the eyes of Katabases. It didn't work. Truth be told, I have no way of knowing if Quinzig even finished what she was doing. Gilly said it took days to find a safe place to bring me back. The big one, they all follow. They all follow him now, and, and was hunting, and he was hunting for Gilly. I make a task of committing the cabal bodies to burial. The costs are heavy, and I don't get everyone. We try to keep hidden, using the smuggler's hovels where I stashed go-bags across the ship. All it takes is one of them seeing you. Been keeping track for what I think is a month? Three months? The waves are random. When one hits, it rearranges pieces of the ship, and I have to find my way again. Gilgamesh is becoming more distant, talking less. He wanders off for days at a time. So far, he always comes back. When I die, I dream of a city burning. Death dreams are a first. When I wake up, I don't know how long it's been. Gilly won't say. There have been a hundred lives between this and the last one I remember. I live in a charnel house. Another indication of time passing. And it continues. I'm alive and old. Get up. Gilly's voice is thin. Why? There's nothing to do but starve. Giving up again. You'd rather I just left you here? I roll myself to face him. I'm not giving up. Just take my light and hold it until until there's a way out. You know, I used to think we were the way out, us together, but we're just stuck in another cycle. There's nothing to eat, Gil. You don't feel that emptiness chewing at you. Promise you'll leave me be until we're out. Gilgamesh looks at me for a long time without speaking, and I close my eyes. I promise, he says. That's the end of that card. Jesus. This this, this is goddamn Greek tragedy. That's what the hell this is. I mean, there aren't many Greek stories that aren't tragedies. (laughs) So so that's the silly question. Why do they even call them Greek tragedies? Every single one of them is a tragedy. They're just Greek stories at this point. (laughs) Oh, my God. Most Greek myths do not end well. Yeah. (laughs) So... Oh my God! So they're, are so so they're still stuck on the on the nothing side. They're, they're still stuck in the nothing, the deep, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and it's been months at this point, um, possibly years, possibly years. Yeah, because he doesn't know anymore. They just they just quit tracking time. 
Yep. I mean, it's crazy. And then, like, this... He just keeps starving to death, from the sounds of that. That! Like, the whole... Every time the ship rearranges itself, now they're trying to figure out how to get back to their go-bags that they've stashed away, and all these little hidden caches, like... And he can't can't even... Like, you know, another wave hits, rearranges the ship. Fuck, now I gotta relearn the layout of the ship. Hide. Get torn apart by Scorn that are all getting re-rezzed every time. He's trying to bury bodies as 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 he as he comes across them basically, like to at least give the 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 cabal kind of like a you know an honorable thing. But mm-hmm. and then he finally gets to the point like, dude, fuck it, I just don't care anymore. Just and and not not sorry, that's that that sounds like it's a little rougher than it is. It's not a I don't care anymore. It's just a like a I'm so tired of starving to death. I'm so tired of of being tired. Mm-hmm. And and so he just says, you know, hold my light. Just just hold on to it. But but this whole time that time is passing, it sounds like Gilgamesh is kind of starting to act a little weird. Well, that and like uh, another thing to to take into account here is it's not like it's not like ghosts aren't sentient. It is obvious as that sounds. Like what 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 uh Katabasis is is telling Gilgamesh is I'm going not only just hold on to my light, don't resurrect me until there's a way out. He's also telling Gilgamesh live alone for however long it takes for us to get out. Dude. That's a for any sentient being, that is a Oof. in in a hostile a environment thing. at that. Like that's absolutely a hostile foreign environment that is constantly shifting beneath you and around you. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I can, I can, I can see only bad things happening from here on out. So we have one. Final entry in the Captain's Log lore book uh, that is titled The Debtor's Knife. And it is told through the eyes of Gilgamesh. And it goes like this. I linger on the corpse of my once guardian. I've hidden his shame for so long. I believed it was my obligation to be the warmth when his fire died. But now I see that obligation was a leash to keep me tied to life. It is a cold, coiled, choking reality. And I will hang gasping from it no more. See the truth the whispers had offered. I saw it in every moment suffered aboard this vessel a microcosm of violence extrapolated to the world beyond with only one escape. Soon, Ketabases would know it too. Scorn onlookers surrounded us. I raise Ketabases. Gilly, Ketabases kneels before me, his rifle beside him. What is this? A way out. I won't carry you any more. You're abandoning me? Katabasis looks to the scorn, his rifle, his ghost, 
No. No longer. Not his, not the traveler's, not anyone's. I sacrificed everything to keep you moving forward, guided you to every power you needed to survive. I share the truths he wants to forget. And for what? It never ends anything. There's always more. The scorn encroach across disjointed walkways. Katabasis sinks. You said you wouldn't. You, the traveler, you've kept me trapped in this death knell. Now it's time to set us free. What does that mean? His words, like stone weights. Sever our light, or they'll rip you apart for a thousand lives. I gesture to the scorn. You wouldn't. Your deaths are heavy, Katabasis, but I'll bring you back as many as it takes for you to learn. You think I don't feel pain? You think I don't suffer while you're hiding in your limbo? Katabasis lurches forwards. I did everything you asked me to do. You left, I shouted. You left me here. You left me in the city, made me turn away from the traveler. We're like the scorn in those tanks, drowning in panic, confusion, forever. You did that. The city was burning and I wanted to live. Everything was was so that we could live. He still didn't see it. This place was no different than Seoul. A barrel of blood. There's no reason to go back. Now the light is what's burning, I tell him. We can survive this. Katabasis holds out his palm for me. Please. I don't want survival, Katabasis. I drift away from him. I want salvation. It got to you. Katabasis sobs weakly, his epiphany complete. You can end this for both of us. It's your turn to sacrifice, I say. Everything you say is a lie. Katabasis grasps for his rifle. Lever to action. Shot to nothingness. Ghost to memory. And that is the end of the captain's logbook. Fuck. That, that's. Fuck. That's all I got for that. <laughs> this Pretty shit, apt. It, like. I, like. Holy shit, man. Like. This thing went from bad to worse like it like every single entry just gets worse and worse and worse and it just and to culminate in this in you know gilly resident like obviously the darkness got to gilly the fact that gilly's using the word salvation like the whispers oh, yeah. have it and we don't know how long he's been holding on because i mean if they're inside of black hole right like we already we already theorized when we when we did our marasena stuff which by the way we're going to do again uh, that time inside of a black hole passes differently. I'm not even theorized. I mean, it's straight up stated there. Like they they were in there for 12.1 billion years, and for us, it was just like you know 20 minutes. Um, not exactly, but yeah. So, right. So, um, I mean, they could 
this could have been a thousand this could have been a million years yeah of gilly just chilling by himself in the darkness alone in in a place of pure darkness the one light in a place of pure nothing of of, of the deep and being whispered to constantly like you know your your existence is wrong like you shouldn't be here like you everything about you is a is a abomination is a is a perversion of life like it or a perversion of the truth like it's just and and so then he just finally snaps and rezes rezes his guardian and he's just like what the fuck bro like i thought we had an agreement and he's like oh no no more agreements like you think i don't feel pain i've been here for freaking eternity you know, end it now, or I'm just going to keep resing you. And I'll let them tear you apart a thousand, a million, a trillion times. I don't care. I don't give a shit anymore. Just end it. For the love of God, end it. And so he does. This hunter mm-hmm. picks up his 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 dead man's tail, lever actions up a shot, pop, pops his ghost, ghost dies, scorn swarm in, kill the guardian. Then what? I mean that's the final entry, but how the hell did this ship get back to us? We don't know. That's fucky. That's fucky. That's I'm using fucky in the scientific <laughs> term. That is fucky. As far as I'm aware, there is no explanation for how the ship came back to our reality. Uh we just we just get this distress signal and there's a ship there and we're like, okay, let's go check it out. God, we're dumb. <laughs> There's a. It was a distress signal, but it was, just, it was a distress signal from another guardian, as far as we were aware at the oh, time. Oh, okay. Because okay. I believe you, it's, it's that said that it was using like a vanguard frequency or something. Sure. Um, so it could it could have been Gilly's distress, uh, or not Gilly, Catavasis' uh, uh, distress signal. Yeah. Or Gilly's, or both. You know, some some version of of either one. Yeah. So presumably, okay. well, they, I guess we're not as dumb as we think we. They are. They started a distress signal are. at some point. Um, you know, probably as as a last ditch, like maybe somehow, some way, someone will hear this. Um, and it's it's just VIP been running. Twenty fourteen will save us. <laughs> well, I mean, we got there just a little <laughs> late. Uh, <laughs> well. So to to <laughs> set the scene of of some of the mission, um, when when you're going through the mission, you're discovering the ship after all of these events we've just read, um, and the ship is is disheveled in disarray, full of scorn, uh, and the discussions that are happening on the ship are between Keitel, um, who believes, uh, who is interested in the ship because she believes Callus is aboard it, at, at least at the time the she- ship is first seen. I was trying to say, she doesn't think that Callus is just blipped out of nowhere. She's like, I know my father. He yeah. is here somewhere. Uh, and Osiris, who, as we discover later, is Savathun, uh, is, you know, acting as, like, the, you know, commander for that mission, um, for, for our guardian. So that, I don't know why I didn't put this together until you specifically said Osiris, Savathun, Osiris, and we even said it before. Does she know the crown is there? Hard to say if she knows the crown is there beforehand, but she certainly knows the crown is there when we find it aboard the right. ship. Right. Because, I mean, we straight up report it to her. And she then takes it back to the city as Osiris. Right! <laughs> 
uh, where presumably hell, it still bro? resides somewhere. Somewhere in the city. Somewhere in Vanguard Archive. That's what it is. So I, I imagine the Vanguard Archive as like Indiana Jones, like the 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 all the all the crates, right? Like <laughs> yeah, the area. That's, that's what the Vanguard Archive. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 So yeah. Uh. Wow. I don't know why I didn't put that together until just now. I, I'm curious if she knew that it was there and like that was that was her whole version or her whole reason to 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 send someone there to retrieve this thing this this wow oh my gosh very possible we know she had a connection to it prior um this right. who's to say that she didn't still even if callus believed he removed it uh yeah so it, it could be that this was all a ploy or or not a ploy but uh she had a, a another agenda of recovering the crown um, and I mean that would be Savathun, right? Like she's her. all about hidden agendas. Like that's. But our guardian progresses through the ship, discovering what has happened to it. As you know, as we pick up these lore pieces throughout the weeks and and explore the ship and whatnot, uh, we come face to face with the locust of communion, uh, and and triumph over it. Uh, by nature of the ship no longer being in in the deep, uh, the scorn do not resurrect. Um, Thank fucking God. And we make our way to the bridge and uh, the source of the the distress signal. And on the bridge, as we kind of go through this little ventilation tunnel uh, and, and drop down into the bridge room, it's this, this large oval chamber with, uh, you know, giant paneled windows uh, uh, across the way from where we land, showing the you know the the solar system outside, and in the center of the room above the the bridge console is the body of a lone guardian who we now know as Katabasis, uh, hanging strung up from his his arms and his chest. Uh, from these these darkness vines, this flora that has invaded the glycon, uh, dead, presumably for quite some time, his rifle laying on the ground next to him, the dead man's tail that we recover. It's and uh, oh, recover is the wrong word. When you go to hold square on it, it says, it says steel. steel. Yeah, that's fucked up as shit. We're, we're I'm gonna may- just say that right we're, now. We're maybe doing a little bit of grave robbing. That's what I'm saying. Like that we, whatever. That's fine. All anything for an exotic, whatever. <laughs> uh. So yeah. So that's, that's uh. That's Glycon. That's the Glycon. Um. Well, I'm looking at time right now. Uh, I, I we just crossed the two hour mark. Do we want to go ahead and tack on Vox Obscura here? Yeah, I think we can. Um, Vox has some very interesting points, uh, but is not nearly as lengthy. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I think we've got time to include the Vox Obscura mission. Uh, okay. So we'll we'll kind of do the same thing here, just in kind of a quicker format. Yep. Uh, so Vox is is currently available in the game right now. Uh, it was added as a uh, as a mission as an exotic mission. Uh, for I believe both the sea, I think it has its seasonal tide uh, rather than 
uh, Thrown World Tide. Yeah. Uh, because it is very cabal. I mean, it's it's we're running back through. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, this was the old uh, the area that we're in there was the old uh, transmat zone for D1 Mars, which is super freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we go through a little base that's over there, and you know, steal steal some some cabal shit, blow up some cabal shit. This whole time, like the whole planet's like they're they're starting they're trying to aerial bombard you. Um, or they're trying to do an aerial bombardment to just wipe out everything out on the thing. Um, Keitel's talking to you. She's like, hey, I don't want to be, I can't be seen as the person act- actively doing this because then it kind of undermines my rule and da 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 da. And so Zavala's there too. They're like, all right, it's cool. You know, VIP 2014 knows what the hell he's doing. We can, we can, we can get this done. You go through this whole thing, you know, you stop a bombardment. The whole thing is is a super super kind of fast paced. Like you're you're constantly under the clock. You're constantly trying to like get to the next point, get to the next area. Um, you fight your way through the little little cabal base there and and come across a a, a named scion. Um, and is the name scion there? Is that the is that the one from the Glycon? Is that the is that the one that was holding the Glycon out? Not not part of the three man fire team, but the other one that like. That like Katavasi's almost killed. It is not. Um, the name Scion okay. in Vox Obscura is not Urix, although Urix is a, a, a prominent figure of what's happening in Vox Obscura. Right. So you, you get to the end, you kill the boss, super cool boss fight, and then there's like a little treasure room that's very callous themed, and and there there are four. Is it four? Um, uh, propaganda. Yep. Yeah, four four weeks where, and actually, it's more than just the propaganda. There's dialogue throughout the entire mission that changes week to week. Yeah. Um, so I have all of uh, some of it's paraphrased, some of it's summarized, and then some of it's you know directly quoted. Uh, but I have each week outlined, um, kind of in the order that you come across them. So I'm just gonna go through like week one, week two, week three, and yeah, uh, go over that that information. So. For for week one, um, the the mission is called Vox Obscura, uh, which translates into a voice from the shadows, which is pretty apt given what we're doing and and why we're there. Absolutely. Uh, so Keitel tells and possibly us possibly Callus themed. Possibly, Callus uh, <laughs> tells us that her scions have intercepted psychic broadcasts coming from a base on Mars, and these messages call Keitel's rule into question and encourage the Cabal under Keitel to mutiny and ally with the Black Fleet. Uh, so Keitel calls on the Guardian to investigate, as she does not want to be seen squashing psychic scion communications shortly after emancipating the race. <laughs> I, I was going to say, this is literally... The, one of her first acts was to yeah. <laughs> free all of the scions, and now she's like, no! Scion, scion uprising! Get squashed! <laughs> So yeah, very very much look bad in political eyes. A little bit. Uh, the Vanguard is uh, willing to work with her because they've determined that these messages show a possible connection between the Scion rebels, the Conclave, and the Black Fleet, and those two working and together is because, bad. And possibly because Zavala might kind of have the hots for Keitel, but that's not. We're gonna leave that in the realms fan. of fan fiction. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and and the helmet stayed on, <laughs> but on this this time it was 
Keitel's helmet stayed on because she laughed and it was horrifying. So I'm just going to say, maybe looking for a new co-host <laughs> on Twitter here soon. Oh, damn it. <laughs> no, that's a lore no, no, entry. No. We're, no, not the, not the, not the love thing, but the whole, like the mask stayed on and she laughed and it was horrifying. Yes. You're, you're not wrong about that. Anyway. See, uh, I do my homework sometimes too. <laughs> only when you can make it lewd. Uh, you god dang right. <laughs> so the the Vanguard and uh, Cabal, or, or Keitel's Legion of the Cabal, are in unison for this joint operation. Um, the Guardian invades the base, and as we said before, when it's discovered that an invader has found and is you know ransacking the base for information, uh, the whoever it is at this point uh, that controls this base decides they're better off just nuking the whole place than let somebody get to the secrets that are in there. And so we're... That's it's a very, a race that's a very cabal clock. thing, though. It's a very cabal thing. Um, yeah. So the whole mission is a race against the clock to try and stop uh, this bombardment so that you can discover what's going on. Uh, so the... Uh, the Guardian clears the base of enemies, finds the source of the broadcasts, and it's discovered that the broadcasts they're being sent out are not words, but images, feelings, and impressions. And Keitel explains that her scions can show her them through a telepathic link. And so she describes what these images are to us. And the first week's descriptions are this. She says, I see the silhouette of a scion. They stand at the head of a full cabal legion. Above them hovers a black pyramid, and behind them stands a, stands a towering statue of gold, a statue of my father, Callus, his arms outstretched, hand open, beckoning. I can hear his voice. It calls to me, promising refuge, promising salvation and then inside the base as we continue we find chests which are directly from the leviathan indicating that callus is indeed funding the operation at this base and that's the end so of here, week one here's a thought the the gold and everything in the chest is very is very callous thing but is it Callus theme or is it Leviathan themed? I guess what's the difference? So, if Callus has Callus left the Leviathan to get on the Glycon, who's in charge of the Leviathan? Well, Callus left the Leviathan to get on the Glycon and then disappeared. And so. Right. Who's to so say? So who's, who's on the Leviathan in charge of this? Well, who's to say he didn't come back? Who's to say he this didn't true, become right. a disciple and now can, you know... And now he's, that's, his, that's his personal ship. He's got the Leviathan. He's going to do his thing. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like, that's, that, that to me, like, this is like a two-part thing. Like, one, is this callous? Like, or two, is this some sort of uprising that, hap- that is on the Leviathan that is... That is pressing forward you know like it are there were there's obviously there were scions on the leviathan true Have they you know could this be a possible part of the and and from what it seems like this 
um, the 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 I keep wanting to call them the console of Scions. Conclave. But it's a uh, conclave. Um, if part of the conclave was on the Leviathan, now there's a bunch of psychic guys in charge of a giant ship, or not necessarily in charge of, but access to a giant ship with replicator baths, you know, and 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 cloning sh- like all of this seems bad very bad um so i it's a it's a point worth worth considering we don't necessarily know that it is callus that is doing all of this that that's funding and, and masterminding some of this i do think there's a lot of evidence to suggest it's him um yes just because like you know okay he disappeared when communing with the darkness these cabal are being instructed not to like join under this this scion leader but to join this under the scion leader in service to the black fleet which that that is a much better link to callus than anything Absolutely. else i think if it was then just a bunch of scions yeah. being like hey let's take this fucking solar system now we got this huge ass ship yeah if it was a case where the the propaganda being put out was um was the scions trying to pretend that they were getting orders from Callus or something to hey reconvene on the Leviathan, you know, all the all the loyalists will come together as a new legion like then absolutely but the fact that the black fleet is involved makes me more uh I I think it's more likely that Callus is directly related. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, then I'm gonna I'm gonna operate with that. Then I I like I like coming up with these theories, but I I think that you're right. I think the idea that it the the fact that it's this gold statue of Callus, you know, behind the black free and it's calling to Keitel and you know, come join me, come be your the salvation, the whole salvation thing, right? Like that's that's darkness. That's I mean, yeah, Katabasi says it. The darkness talks to us. It salvation is the darkness. Like that is. Those are very, very closely tied. So I think you're right. I think this is, I think this is callous. That that is, uh, um, maybe maybe not callous directly, but very callous related. Of you know, join join with the darkness. You know, come salvation. Da 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 da. da. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So that's, that's week one. That's week one. Um. So week two goes uh very similar. The 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 mission itself is the same like what we're doing in the mission is the same um after the destruction of the original base Keitel informs us the base has been rebuilt and remanned with troops and we gotta destroy it all again um she re you know reconfirms that her belief is that her father is providing funds for the base but it has to be a scion that is making these broadcasts because they're of a psychic nature um right the vanguard are prioritizing anything regarding psychic warfare um, because in Zavala's words during the mission, they cannot continue to rely on splicers and techians indefinitely. Um, Keitel says if the Black Fleet can cause Scions to defect en masse uh, to the Black Fleet, their psychic capabilities would be unmatched. There'd be no no defense right. against them. Um, Keitel, I mean, you're talking... You're talking- scions that have access to darkness now like right yeah who knows what they could do right like this is this is the realm of unknown but scary as shit Uh uh-huh um she also says kind of what we had been talking about that um 
if the Leviathan's cloning operation is in working order, that would explain how the base is being so easily and quickly remanned with new soldiers. Absolutely. So we progress through the mission exactly the same as we did before, but we get a different message at the end this time. Uh, So week's two message is this. The latest message depicts a scene of violence. It is the failed attempt on Commander Zavala's life through the eyes of the assassin, the memory of his death. He rushes at Commander Zavala, and I feel his surprise when your crow steps in his way. He is helpless when I lift him up. Oh, how he fears me. The last thing he sees is Commander Zavala and me standing above him together. Only one scion alive would have knowledge of this. The traitor, Eurix. So that's the end of the message. Um, there's a little bit of dialogue after that where Keitel is saying that the, um, the broadcast must be coming from Eurix because it's the only scion that would have knowledge of this, that thought. Yep. this thought. Um, so the, and, well, now is what I was going to touch on too. Uh, the one that she snaps the neck of and, and thrashes it and throws it at the ground back in, back in Season of the Chosen, that, that one particularly was the sniper or was the assassin sent to kill um, Zavala and then Crow, like, shoots it. And well, Crow stepped in, in the way of it. That's right, that's right, that's right. That's and took, right. took the hit, For some reason, I thought Crow killed it, but... No, that, that was yeah. the first assassination attempt in the garden. In the garden, That yep. Crow killed, yep. and then the second attempt was during the, the peace talks, essentially, with Keitel. Right. Um, and that's where Crow right. steps in. That's the one being described here, where Crow steps in, takes the gotcha. blow, and then Keitel yep. uh, is Knocks the one that his mask off, snaps his, his mask, mask, all that. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, but Eurix was the sniper in that second scene that uh, shot the light dampening uh, weapon at Zavala's ghost to make him vulnerable. Eurix again being the one on the glycon when it was in the graveyard, when it was in the ship graveyard that nodded to, and I keep forgetting the damn other scion's name. Quin Quinsick is the other Quinsick. Yeah. Quinsick. I keep wanting to call him Qu- Quetzalcoatl, but I don't. <laughs> I'm jumping I'm jumping from Greek to Aztec now. It's fine. It's whatever. Um so yeah, so he yeah. was he was the one that was on the ship that just basically gave him the ship. It's like, yep. yeah, you can have this. It's fine. Yep. Um and now we know if Quinsic was there for to try and gather information for the conclave, then it makes even more sense that Eurix would be like, Oh, the, this will help you progress the mission that you're doing for us. So like yeah. yeah, I'll just walk away from this ship. Yep. Um Oh yeah, because they were get there to get okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm following now. So uh Keitel confirms broadcasts are coming from Eurix, uh, and Eurix's enclave. And uh she states what we had just talked about that Eurix has light dampening technology. She includes this little tidbit, which I don't know if we discovered when we were playing through the seasonal story or not, but she says, um, Eurix has light dampening tech, which was engineered from Intel stolen from your weapon foundries. Now, my question is, when she talks about weapon foundries, is she talking about like Haki, Amalan, Tex Machina, 
or is she talking about talking black the black armory? armory? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So Well, okay. So let's so let's let's uh, not to completely dive off topic. Let's let's question that for a second. All of these foundries existed before the light. Yes. So, what foundry existed after the light to have light suppression technology? Why would there be a reason to have light suppression technology in a foundry if the light didn't necessarily exist? See, the one that would make sense to me is having a reason would be the Black Armory, just because the Black Armory was literally Ada uh, right. for you know a good portion of, of post-collapse. And she would have oh, a reason she would w- to dis yes. to really not to want a way to defend herself against guardians because she saw the warlords do terrible the things. The fucking warlords and the risen and the ones that hunted her down and separated her from her mother. Oh my god. So she may have tried she may have done research into it. I don't think there's any indication that she developed a weapon, but she may have researched it and that research along with presumably whatever you know, Gaul did to uh, create his light cage was was enough for the science. That after it after it blew up, like there's right. no way we just left that shit laying around the city. It just went into the Vanguard archives on the fucking Barrier <laughs> Fifty One. Yeah, no, so, holy shit. Yeah, so presumably the the scions between the two uh, were able to make a you know a portable version of of a light jamming gun of yeah. some sort. Um, so yeah, and and a, and it being a gun would absolutely be up Ada's alley, dude. I think we just made a connection here that I don't think anyone's made. It's an interesting idea for sure. I don't know what the implications are, because like a- Ada's not looking to create an anti guardian weapon right. anymore. Right, she doesn't. Uh, she doesn't care anymore. Like like she's she's all about like she's finding a new purpose for the Black Armory. She's she's finding that that was the whole thing why she why she canonically wants to do the the synth weaving and stuff like she's trying to find direction for the black army and make it her own now. Yeah. Make it but something yeah, that is not, um, violent in nature. Right. So, but yeah, that'd be, I mean, that's super fucking cool. If that's, if that is a connection there that we it just is. made, that's, I, that's cool. But okay. so, uh, so, so yeah. yeah, so that's, that's the second week. Yep. That's week um, two. Um, so moving on to week three, then, uh, is more more of the same at this point. Um, you know, operations continue. The base is rebuilt yet again. Um, Zavala makes a note that the resources cannot all be Red Legion surplus. Like, there's way too many resources being there's used no for this. And Kaido suggests no that way. the rebels must control a production outpost in a nearby system. Um, which would suggest that that to me leads to Leviathan. Yeah. Leviathan, or you know, she says a nearby system. I wonder if that even indicates like another planet on a nearby solar Ooh. system that they're mining resources from, or something. Interesting. Um, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I could see that. Zavala says that the Scion's future site is a dangerous weapon to, uh, is a dangerous weapon, um, and that the future war cult learned the hard way just what can happen when you wield something that tells the future. Uh, and Keitel Absolutely. makes the statement that scions do not make blunders 
such as the future war cult. <laughs> Specifically referring to the the Oxa machine. Yeah. Yeah. Basically uh, saying like, yeah, your future war cult is kind of a bunch of fuckheads, but we our scions are not just blindly being dumb. They've had this Oxa machine for presumably millennia. Right. I mean, yeah. they had it all through Callus's reign. I mean, that's hundreds of years there. Like, yeah. So, yeah, it's they have a little bit more experience with it than just, you know, Lakshmi 2 being <laughs> kind of a racist dick. So, um, uh, further on, Zavala asks why he was targeted for assassination specifically. Um, Keitel says that Eurix is motivated by the idea of a unified psionic nation and believes uh, that they had almost accomplished that with the sister flares at the sundial until the vanguard slash guardian killed them. So uh, Eurix sees that as an avenue that could have brought them her ideal world, but we and Zavala put a stop to it. So she has a particular vendetta against us. That gives us another kind of like little insight there. That means that the 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 sisters at the sundial were part of the conclave. Yep, absolutely. Well, and they they state as such that they were looking for right. a future where the the scions would be free of the cabal. Yep. Um, but so man, these scions are pissed. I mean, they're rightfully pissed, right? Like, yeah, I mean, this isn't like a surprise that they're pissed, but it's just like they are pissed, and they are they are, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that brings us to week th- three's message. Uh, so this one, um, Keitel states, this message shows some sort of scion ritual. No, a religious ceremony. It is in the far past, very distant, before their assimilation into the cabal. The feeling is difficult to describe, but I know it well. Something like, militant nostalgia the ritual leader an elder is speaking about the spark of divinity that exists in all of us how we are unified beyond death in a eternal chorus it's peaceful and utter nonsense those beliefs were brutally subjugated by the scions themselves long before we ever conquered them Eurix clearly wishes to stir a sense of forgotten psionic unity under the banners of Callus and the Black Fleet. And that's where that mission ends, or that, that uh, dialogue ends. So she's saying Eurix is trying to use this scene from the distant past of a, like, look how peaceful and harmonious the scions were before the Cabal. Very conveniently but leaving even, out the fact that the Scions themselves destroyed that peaceful community long before right. the Cabal. Like, like even pre-Cabal, pre-Cabal. Like, yeah. that's, yeah, no, that's interesting. I mean, it's, it's the okay. same with, you know, to draw comparisons to modern-day religions, there's quite a few of them that do not get along or that have not survived the millennia in one way or another. Uh, that's true. So, it, you know, it, it, it's not that uh, hard to believe something could happen with the scions. Right. Like that's, and I guess that's, that's the, yeah, no, absolutely. It's yeah. This, there is an interesting bit of dialogue after that. Um, 
not related to the scions, but where uh, Keitel says, Our alliance grows more valuable by the day. When the time comes, we shall cut my father to ribbons together. Speaking to Zavala. And I yeah. found this was an interesting point because up until now, or, or up until that dialogue, any time that Keitel had been referencing getting revenge on Callus or, or anything like that, it was always leave him to me. You know, let he is he is mine to deal with as I see my fit. burden, my and my thing. Yeah. Now it's transitioned, and I think we've seen this transition elsewhere through um, the psyop missions, at, you know, the dialogues at the end of those and such, where yep. she's she's really it's no longer just an armistice because it's convenient. No. It's now like truly yeah. an alliance that she she feels a, yeah. a kinship here. Um. Which and is this, just kind of so. Cool. As far as like the well, and as far as like the overarching destiny story, right? Like now we truly have Cabal as as a as a force, as a as an alliance, as in yeah. Uh, I mean, we we had we we now have the Elixni on our side. Like there are Elixni living in the city. Um, you know, Myth Mithrax is 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 kind of like their um. What would you call it? Would you would you call that like they're they're not? I, I don't want to call him a leader, but I mean, but they're he he's the Kel ambassador. Of... I I'm gonna call him an ambassador because that that seems that seems like because well no I guess I guess they could be it could be their leader as as a as their own separate. I don't hurt yourself. <laughs> right, like don't hurt myself exactly. No, yeah. So I we could call him a leader. Um, and so now we have Keitel. Um, with the cabal as 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 the leader of the cabal, so I mean we're definitely starting to see more and more of a unified force in the soul system of a bunch of different uh, races and 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 aliens, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, working together against the darkness. So it, and like the only one that isn't really represented yet is the hive, but I mean. Is, is there precedence for Sabathun? To... <laughs> I mean, there's, there, there, there is lore card about a, a hive knight who uh, decides not to kill a guardian when he had the opportunity to. So, just, just saying. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. some wiggle room there. Um, yeah. But no. So okay. So that's uh, that's week that's, three. That's week so that three. leads us to the final week. Yep. The final week. Um. Almost. Nothing to talk about as far as the dialogue in the mission. Uh, Keitel does say that there is, the unrest among her scions is high and defections are increasing. So she does have scions that are actively leaving her, you know, her her group um, because of this propaganda. Uh, so, so the, in other words, the the propaganda is working. Yes. Yeah. Um, Keitel says that Callus would not construct such an operation on spite alone. Whatever his motivations are, have him unusually stubborn and resolute at recreating the base over and over. Um, so she's saying like, he's not just spewing this propaganda because he hates me and he's trying to, you know, make my empire crumble. There's more to it than that. Uh, right. And the only- Which to me leads kind of back to the darkness and disciple yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, so week four's message is interesting. 
um, and there's a few bits to talk about here for, for sure, uh, it, it, it states, This latest transmission shows the same images over and over, flashing almost too quickly to perceive. They are indistinct, as if multiple pictures were laid atop one another. Variations on a theme. Ah, these must be psionic divinations, impressions of things yet to come. I never dreamed I would see them for myself. I see a city besieged, a ship stealer revived, the Leviathan reborn, your traveler infected by darkness. These are futures our enemies seek. We must remain united to forge a different path. And that's the end of that week and the end of Box Obscura. I, I, well, and there's also the master version. Are there any any extra dialogues in the master that you know of? Uh, there are not. It is the same dialogue okay. as far as I could find. Interesting, though. Like that's, yeah, yeah. This all this all mm-hmm. screams like this is this is callous. Like the fact that these these future predictions are, you know, like and and callous liked the Oxen machine. Like he he actively oh, yeah. had the Scions rebuild it and. So yeah, so everything about this does seem to scream callous. Like this is darkness callous. Um yeah. So that's that's uh um yeah, that's it. That's it. Now I do want to draw some attention to these little predictions here. Um so a city besieged is pretty self-explanatory. The city will come under siege at some point. Uh that could be lightfall. That would make a lot of sense. Sure. Um sure. A ship stealer revived. For those that either didn't oh, play shit. Uh, or or don't remember, Aramis's title was Aramis the ship stealer before she became the Kel of House Salvation. Uh, that's what. That's. <laughs> so revive under darkness. A ship stealer. Another disciple. A ship stealer revived. I mean, she's just frozen right now. She may not be right. dead. Um, right. So we may we may see her. Po- and actually, I would I would be okay with having her come back because I think she did not get enough time to shine as a villain Ooh. personally. Um, now here's okay. Okay, keep going. I've I've got more. Okay. Okay. Uh, the Leviathan reborn. Now, what I find interesting about this, um. So these are the futures our enemies seek. Using that theme, the Leviathan Reborn is likely, uh, you know, Callus's ship, the Leviathan, remade in some way. However, because they don't specify, and because I like to toss some crazy theories out there, what if, what if the Leviathan Reborn is the Leviathan from Fundament? That would be pretty cool. Oh, I wasn't even thinking that. I mean, granted, we don't know that it died. I don't know that we know for sure its fate. And but uh, it definitely battled the hive and Rulk beforehand. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, battled Rulk is a strong. <laughs> got its shit kicked in by Rulk. <laughs> got its shit kicked in. Its rib stolen as a prize, and then said, "Suck it." And they just walked past. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So uh, that's an interesting thought too. That it is the Leviathan. The Leviathan. I was thinking more along the lines of like, 
what if this is the, the Leviathan, the ship, but the Leviathan reborn as a taken ship, as a taken stronghold? Oh, yeah. No, it, it could be like being reborn could mean all sorts of things. Right. Um, I, that, I think that'd be a neat thing there, too. Um, and then the, the so last yeah. bit, your traveler infected by darkness. I, again, pretty self-explanatory. That could be lightfall. That could liter- That could be anything, really. Uh, yeah. But it'd be bad regardless. So. Yep. Well, and then uh, so this leads us to kind of ideas of like what future seasons for this year of um, uh, which queen is going to be. We're we're pretty sure we're getting some type of cabal themed season with Callus and all that stuff. We're we're I am fairly certain that it's going to be not season seventeen but season eighteen. Um for lots of reasons, you know, the they Bungie has said a raid is returning from D one. It's not gonna be Crota because they straight up said Crota will never be a raid that's gonna be returned. Um so the only two that we have left is the Taken King and Wrath of the Machine. Either one of those could come back. If it's if it's season eighteen, I feel like it would be taken uh, with Callus as the disciple of the Witness and Callus as the new Taken King, uh, which would lead back to one of the Whispers or one of the True Truth Two Lies game that Sabathun talks about. The mm-hmm. Taken King will rise again. Um, so that all of that kind of like centers around itself. Like I, I feel like that's very, um, I, I, I feel like that's what that's pointing to. Yeah. Now, if we kind of, if we kind of go with this idea of, you know, the ship sealer will return, um, Aramis coming back. Aramis was very, um, like when we went through zero hour, she was there at the end of it. She was the one trying to steal, um, uh, um, outbreak. Yep. Which is Siva tech. So we know that at the end of the exotic glaive mission, there's talk of a of a stronghold somewhere, a human stronghold that has been wiped from Rasputin's database, and and that Anna's trying to put Rasputin from an engram into a body to have a living, breathing Rasputin. And Rasputin loves fucking with Siva. That's how he killed the Iron Lords. And so. To me, like to have Steve and all that combined around the ship stealer, I, I feel like that's going to be a season. I personally think that's going to be next season. I think season 17 is going to be um, the ship stealer, um, Siva, Rasputin oriented. I, I feel like that's where we're going. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I uh, I think we're definitely getting a, a Siva and slash Rasputin theme season um, at some point. I'm. I'm not 100% sure if it'll be the next one. I feel like it could be, but it it would be a a random season. It'd be a very distinct break from everything else that's going on right now, unless they found some way to weave it in. Um, Sure. I I guess maybe they could have tension from Saladin, who's now with the Cabal, being like, don't go messing with that Siva thing. And maybe we could see how that plays out. Don't go messing with that stuff and junk. Uh, And then we're like, oh, stuff and junk. We love this stuff and junk. Let's go play with it. Let's let's put it in our weapons and attach it to our armor. And certainly that's a good idea. Let's poke it. Uh, Yeah, because, you know, no Ahamkara bone has ever been attached to armor before. And bad things have happened out of that. No, that's just whatever. Guardians are dumb. I think we're definitely Um, getting a a Siva Rasputin season. I think we're definitely getting a... um, cabal focused season uh around like callus personally 
I think that that's going to be season 19 leading up to the, the next expansion. And then, cause that just, that makes sense. If Callus ends up as a disciple and has control of the taken, it may be a season like trying to thwart his plans a little bit. And then he's the big bad sure. for lightfall or one of the big bads for lightfall. Um, yeah. that would make sense to me. Uh, and then I, I don't know that an Aramis season honestly is going to be in the same one as Siva. I, I think that season would be a lot more interesting to have it be Aramis and uh, Mithrax focused and really like do a deep dive into the Elixni culture and the opposing viewpoints Ooh. of how to progress the Elixni people. Um, they did that That's, a little yeah. bit in Beyond Light, but I there's so much more that they can do. That I, w- I would really love to see that fleshed out more. Uh, yeah, I yeah, absolutely. See, this is this is why I leave Myth in charge of theory crafting because he comes up with so much better ideas. Like I'll come up with like a cute one every now and then that's like, oh, that's cute, yeah, that's kind of cool. But Myth is like the he's like theory crafty one on one. Okay, well, uh, we've definitely pushed this one out to be a long one. Uh, yes. Do we yes, want to go have. ahead and kind of wind it out then? Yeah, I think this is absolutely a good spot to uh, to end it. Unfortunately, at, at the time of recording, at least, uh, we haven't had any... Uh, we've certainly had lots of people with, with likes and, and retweets and such, and that stuff is awesome. Thank you so much for that. Uh, there have not been any specific comments... Uh, or reviews that I can shout out. So none of those this week, but even the, even the, you know, the little bits of retweeting and whatnot, um, are, are still, oh, don't worry. still great. I've, I've got a very special thank you. Oh, well go on then. Yeah. It's to that one lonely intern at Bungie that has a master's degree in Greek history and Greek philosophy that keeps trying to put Greek fucking shit into the game to you my friend i say thank you keep it going fuck it yes i i second that keep it going because it's great and i love it (laughs) and it gives a shit to talk about uh matthew got anything anything else i guess at, at the end of the episode here anyone that isn't already aware you can drop us a line comment question whatever it may be um we have our Twitter is at Myths and Stories with a capital Z instead of an S at the beginning of stories, the same way the title is spelt. Uh, you can reach us there and you might hear your, your comment on a shout out in a future episode. All righty. Uh, well, from all of us lore nerds to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next week. <laughs>